What's up, guys? Today's episode of the Geek Domination Podcast will cover some more E3 unpacking of information that has come from after the show, as well as some stuff that's been going on in Hollywood surrounding some superhero films, as well as the Han Solo film. And lastly, we get into the backwards compatibility of the original Xbox on Xbox One and, yeah, some of the weird connectivity stuff and all that stuff. So please listen and enjoy. Thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Geek Domination Podcast. This is episode 104. We're like hey. four over 100. Guys, I know. guys, we've been doing this for 104 episodes. I know. It's fucking insane, man. Uh, July 24th, <laughs> 2017. <laughs> I'm Zane Coppage. Wait, June 24th? Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I think I was reading one of the announcements here. <laughs> and it has July. No, that sorry. Hours. June 24th, 2017. Mm-hmm. I'm Zane Coppage. Anthony Tyson. What up? And the beard, Andrew Denike. Hi. That was it's been a while for all of us. It has well, been. You, nah. been. you were on last week, but beyond that, it, felt, it just feels like there's been a weird... It, you, we June haven't has the been three weird. of us together in the same place in a while. That's a good point. Definitely yeah. haven't had that in a while. Yeah. 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 It's true. All um, right. Yeah, I, I haven't seen you in like a month, so... Since the last, I think both of us haven't been on since the last time we were on yeah. together. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which was 100. 100, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, uh, we got some post E three stuff. A lot of stuff came out from E three, and then stuff was vague. And yeah, as you put it, clarifications. Yeah, a lot yeah. of developers are like, "So wait a minute, we said this, but hold on a minute." <laughs> well, we really there's actually one that I just I thought it. of that I'll have to send in the text real quick to the group. But there's one that kind of matters. So uh, what is that? Uh, so there's a lot of so players unknown. Mm-hmm. There's one there too now. Players unknown. There's another one there. So right? what's up with that? So we'll start there. Um, it's not going to be Xbox exclusive when it comes to consoles. And even though Xbox said that live on stage, dude, what? the developer for Player Unknown yeah. flat out said, "We're exploring more consoles. We're not exclusive to Xbox and PC." I mean, that was a lot of the problems with that Xbox yeah. press conference. They were pretty vague on a lot of things, and then flat out wrong or misleading on others. I mean, they're so, also known, I mean, remember last year when they said that a game was being developed by Retro, and mm-hmm, then it wasn't Retro mm-hmm. that was developing it? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's Which a lot is of a that. shame. Yeah. Which that kind of all feeds my final thoughts on E3 when we get to the end of this whole clarity thing. But, um, yeah, so the first thing up that really, I think, matters to exclusively to me and Andrew heavily, and then I think everybody else kind of cares. You, are, you mentioned it last week. I listened, and... Uh, mm-hmm. So, Crackdown 3, Destructible Environments. <sighs> Finally. So, you were uh, unsure because the trailer didn't show any. Well, yeah, tell me, tell me what they clarified because so, that was misleading for a trailer. At this least. is something that we know of from 2. 2 had two kinds of ways to play. You played either solo and it locked you into your own world, or you played pretty much just an open session sure. and that would be online random. Sure. Yeah. So, with the Destructible Environments, that only applies online because every time you go into it, it refreshes the world. 
so those buildings can reconstruct but the way the cloud save function works they can't do that in the single player because otherwise your game save would just have endless just a barren wasteland well, with no buildings and I'll, I'll be totally honest I'm, i didn't even realize they would have a single player component with this game the way they were pitching to play it offline that's okay that's the right way to put it i mean i was i was fine with them doing that because they were saying that the cloud technology was inherent to their system working so that makes sense to me yeah yeah so when you play solo or offline otherwise known you're not going to get disruptible environments because if it did, you wouldn't be able to get those agility orbs that are on top of a skyscraper. I mean, I'd be doing all that stuff first anyway. So. Sure, but well, remember sometimes when you would land, it would break the environment two and two. I mean, but so if you did that enough on a building, it would eventually just be gone, and you wouldn't make it to the top. That's what I'm they're pretty saying. sure that doing that kind of thing sure. though, you it break that spot, and hopefully the engine would be good enough to realize that okay it's breaking this spot breaking this spot breaking this spot this side of the building is completely fine so i mean we'll see how it, it plays out i mean engine, really. i need to go back to that or trailer from last year that showed all the destruction because i remember it was pretty much like you'd land on something and in some cases it would just crumble yeah it was just the it's the you know taking it to that 10th level of like holy crap everything's gonna just destroy yeah it's like so. battlefield times insanity yeah exactly yeah. so but that's that. Um, next up, uh, I wanted to clarify something for Anthony for the anthem because you were you had mentioned your vitriol over the whole like they didn't vote resources to Mass Effect. Thing. I mean, it was my it was definitely like a hypothetical. No, but yeah, if, that's what it felt like. So what it was, and this took me a lot of like digging, but uh, so Edmonton is the one that produced the Mass Effect trilogy originally, mm-hmm. and they basically told Bioware's parent, the actual Bioware proper, like. They, they asked him, can you do Andromeda? And they said, no. They said, no, we want to do something new. And that's what Anthem is. Anthem, I mean, if you notice, the over-the-cover sh- or over-shoulder looks exactly straight from Mass Effect 3. Oh, that's, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it totally reminded me of that. I'm like, yeah. that would have been sweet for a Mass Effect game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then Montreal was only like, yeah, that's started. The Montreal studio was only started to assist Edmonton on the DLCs as like assistant based so they're just right. building models and things like that so and then they, they took over the deep end yeah. to take on mass effect andromeda with no assistance <laughs> apparently the game was only developed like in the last 18 months when you're supposed to be polishing the game that's when the game was built well and that and that was that was <laughs> that huge report that came out of <laughs> oh, kotaku and there was a, yeah. a lot of infighting between people that were yep. involved in the higher up process yep. and there's a whole then slew. they hired a ton of people that were inexperienced writer in animation another writer came yeah. in and yeah it's just it was a very shambolic disaster uh, yeah. And see, but knowing that, we understand more There's, yeah. about what the fuck happened with that game. It doesn't make, yeah, I don't, I no longer question it. Um, but then there's one other Anthem piece of news that came out, uh, like the last 24 hours, and that's that, uh, Drew Karpishian is going to be writing on Anthem. No! God damn it! <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Oh, now, well, Anthem. okay, I gotta buy that game. Yeah. No, I'm literally, oh, yeah, no. anything that Drew Karpishian touches, yep. I will, I will. I will get it. I will fucking get it because he also writ one of the best Star Wars stories that are in existence. That we're going to talk about later today. Damn, man. Yeah. Fuck. So, yeah, he's he's writing Anthem now. Um, Which I'm just so excited for. Like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, there goes all my money for that. That's absolutely getting it. 
Not they, that I they wasn't get the going benefit. to anyway. What, what I, I was joking about last week was the fact that they, they got to sit back on their laurels and just watch all the shit happen with Destiny and just go, okay, notes here, notes. Yeah. They like this. They don't like this. Seriously. <laughs> Write that one down. Here's our perfect Write game. That one. Yeah. Took all the that bad and the out. division. Yeah. yeah. Well, too bad the division yeah. didn't do that enough. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but that's it for those pieces. Uh, uh, there's one other one that's kind of funny that's separate from my like personal thoughts, and that's uh, Mario Odyssey is getting co-op. And it's the hat. You, as player two, you play as the hat, and you control the hat. <laughs> what? How does that work? So the hat's both a, a thrown weapon, a platform for Mario to jump on. Yeah, and like a tool to manipulate. Exactly. Yeah. So the second player then is the one manipulating all the world and can fuck with Mario. I was going to say, player. going back to our conversation about yep. being a dick, that is exactly like, yep. all right, you be the hat. Okay, I'm going to go over. No, no, I need to jump up here, motherfucker. Come I back. need you to... I was. I need to transform to that T Rex. Like, all right, you're gone. Okay, uh, bye. <laughs> so I'm curious because they kind of did that with Galaxy as well. Galaxy, yeah. you could make Mario jump using the second or the the second controller, and then you could also shoot star bits at the screen, wasting all the star bits. So you could. I mean, it helps because you can hit an enemy, knock them unbalanced, then like jump Mario for the player. But it becomes a whole shit. I shit mean, like, here's mm-hmm. here's the the question that I have okay. is why not put in the second player because everyone knows second player is luigi i know all the time why the fuck won't they give us luigi i don't know man i'm not i'm not gonna Uh. go too far i mean who knows (laughs) second player is the hat oh good (laughs) yeah so that's the better uh that's the majority of the clarification stuff um i'm gonna touch on spider-man ps4 because i know anthony i talked and this makes sense dude yeah you got i know you got stuff about it. and there's you got stuff. you got love for spider-man anyways so yeah. everyone's referencing spider-man 2 um i think there's justification for that being that it's open world like obviously that's a, a good point of reference but i would say that spider-man 2 was not the most polished open world spider-man game considering there was a couple since that did slightly better due to the fact that they came after like you yeah, know. they have the technology behind them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man being the biggest one. That one had the best open-world mechanics, uh, best open-world art, everything. Um, it was cel-shaded because it referenced the, the comics directly. But um, that one, in my personal opinion, had the greater uh, consistency within that. And I referenced that one specifically because it had a two-character portrayal uh, pr- uh, system. So basically, you'd play as Spider-Man, and then when Night would start to come on, you'd play as Venom. This I bring that up because we got the Miles tease at the end of the trailer. Miles Morales oh, yeah, filming yeah. Peter's mm-hmm. exploits off yeah. in the distance. Superman. Um, so we got to see a, a scripted sequence. I'm honestly, when I was rewatching it, I'm not sure that exact sequence is going to be what we're going to get in the game oh, anywhere. Not. Like I was really thinking about it. I'm like, we might get some of those set pieces, like the crane falling might be one, but it might be somewhere else, kind of thing, like those sorts of things. I was looking at them like. I don't see Insomniac as being the game company to put out a trailer of exactly what you're going to play as. Like, they're more proof of concept kind of people. They're like, hey, look, and then it's going to be... It's different, yeah. yeah. Um, I do think cert- like several of those interactions are going to occur. I just don't know if all that's going to be one sequence that we're going to play as. So right. I want to put that out there. Um, one thing that uh, watching a video from a guy who's worked on the last six Spider-Man games in a row, mm-hmm. uh, he put a thought out there that with the way the new suit looks, it might be a fully customizable suit that allows you to modify your gameplay. So, like, oh, that would be so you cool. might become more stealth oriented, or more combat oriented, or more trap oriented based on the modifications I mean, you put on your suit, and then it changes its appearance. Drawing drawing comparisons to obviously Batman 
as well. Uh, that just makes sense. Yeah, that so. would be awesome. Because everyone's assuming like the obvious of like, oh, there's just be skins and you can just slap them on and now you look different. But this is like you change out a web shooter modification and right. your web shooter changes. That would be really awesome because uh, that would just increase that RPG feel of it. Yeah, you know, which I think game. is kind of what they're aiming for. Aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the vibe I get. Uh, so Martin Lee, the big villain, um, the one weird thing is that it seems that Martin Lee knows he's Mr. Negative, but that's always been the big thing in the comics is Mr. Negative knows he's Mr. Lee, but Mr. Lee has no clue about his own supervillain life at all. I don't even know who that so supervillain is. He's so. been a main villain for about <laughs> the last 10 years. Um, okay. He runs a soup kitchen in Queens. Uh, he's a phil- you know philanthropist. Wait, he, wait, he loves I'm people. I'm assuming Mr. Lee. Yes. Okay. So Mr. Negative is his <laughs> alter, ego alter ego that just turns exact himself on. opposite. Yeah, so Got he it. controls these powers that... It's uh, the negative. Yeah, the, it's yeah. like dark energy, negative but he can bring mystery. out the negativity within you. And so when he zaps Spider-Man at the end of the trailer, what he's really doing is making Spidey go evil. Sweet! Ugh. So that might be a driving oh, force for why Miles, Miles might be in that'd here. that'd be cool. Um, it's possible that Spider-Man could die if Miles is a here because that's a, that's a harsh reality of the storyline that brought in Miles sure. to the comics. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that could happen is that we might get a Spider-Man game. Which is one of the best last uh, or best short run issues from the last like ten years is mm-hmm. definitely the Spider Man storylines. There's been two of them, and they're basically just Peter and Miles teaming up for f- four to eight issues. I mean, and that's just that'd be so it's fun. Peter's mentoring yeah. Miles. That's yeah. all it is. It's great. Um, Miles D-O-P. using his other powers because that's the cool thing is Miles does have camouflage and an electric zap move that are not inherent to Peter. Did not know about the electric part, but I remember he had the the camo. camouflage. Yeah. Which, um, which, being black in New York, that's probably a really useful thing to have. <laughs> Sorry. No, you, you, you bring a harsh reality to this game, man. <laughs> this fantasy here. Um, yeah, that's not really, that's, that's really about it. There's not much more to say about the reveal. The reveal looks great. Uh, yeah, you like it. You like it. I do. It. I do. Okay. And I'm buying it. Like, <laughs> what? And I was I'm going buying. to bring. No. I was going to bring like all the last several games I own because I actually own. I think every last major Spider-Man game that was released. When I think about it, yeah, that sounds right. Um, that would sound correct. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> But I do research because, like, I didn't buy the Spider-Man 3 tie-in game because, you know, that one is, but Smart. is known <laughs> as being yeah. the worst in existence. Um, yeah, but everything after that, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty not bad. Which um, reminds me, i got to borrow Shattered Dimensions. Cause, yeah. I was going to bring it today. Yeah. So I would have given it to you. Does that mean you need uh, Edge of Time as well, the sequel to the... Yeah, Edge I will. But, I mean, you know, we'll, yeah, yeah, in yeah. order. Um, yeah, that's about it, really, for me uh, on that front. Um that was definitely Sony's strongest showing. I'll say that at the show. Um, yeah, that that was definitely its most strongest showing. But it it was I'm just still so a- weird that there was not Last of Us there in its position. Oh, in a way. I know. No, I agree. Well, but they wanted Kingdom, to save that. Even Kingdom Hearts. But then we found out this week Kingdom Hearts is going to be shown at some Disney Expo next month. And then we found out that Last of Us was going to be saved for Sony's uh, PSX. PSX. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's is that where uh, Death Stranding is going to next show up? I forget. I know he said they confirmed I, it wasn't going to be D3, but I don't remember if there was a follow-up. I I would be fine if they didn't have anything at PSX. Yeah, me either. We, I was just that curious. game can go dark for another year, and I'm absolutely. Fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess for me, the only thoughts I had was uh, for E E3 in general, because um, I had kind of boiled mine down. Is yeah. that I think, echo sentiments? So actually, before that, let me put shove in this piece of news that matters specifically to this topic. Um, so E3 wrong tab sorry 
Um, E3 had some problems this year with it being public. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, mm-hmm. There were some robberies, uh, some injured parties. Oh, I didn't hear about the robberies. So I just I yeah. shared this this morning when I found the article on Kotaku. So oh, shit. It sounds like um, the problems came from staffing, largely. Well, yeah, they weren't equipped really no, to handle this. It's like they were still prepping for a traditional E3. Yeah, which and they should know better. They opened it to the public. <laughs> yeah, which, and thought that would be a good idea to not have more staff on hand. I mean, security on hand. And I don't know whose oversight that was because honestly, when you when you go, okay, here's these people. They're all you know press so they know what they're doing they're well-mannered they've been doing this for years and then suddenly you add the absolute shitstorm that is regular people oh my god what the fuck were you thinking yeah Yeah, you gotta heighten security at least a little apparently one of the robberies was allegedly carried out by some of the security guards oh there was was no metal detectors no bag checks at e3 the 2017 um yeah, because they didn't have the manpower to even check security badges. Nope. Yeah. Uh, no, people were yeah. able. People were walking in with badges that didn't have actual badges in them. They were just the sleeves and like hi- basically hiding them, making them know that they have the lanyard and getting in. Did they say we don't need no stinking badges? <laughs> I sure hope. I so. really hope they did. <laughs> um, hey, so here's some numbers. Them. So they sold fifteen thousand additional tickets, bringing the total attendance up to sixty-eight thousand four hundred from 2016's fifty thousand people. Wow. Um, Jesus. It didn't seem like E3 had really changed its structure at all to accommodate the massive influx of uh, mm-hmm. attendees. <laughs> An additional um, 50,000 tickets. Is that what you said? Yeah, so, 15,000. Oh, 15,000. So okay. total... I thought you was, said 50 So 50,000 was last year, and yeah. now this year was 65,000. Right. Um, I thought you said 50 at first, and I'm like, so they went from 18,000 people to 68, and they thought that would be a good <laughs> oh, idea to not have... Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, my brain yeah, went. No, just, okay. You inverted those. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Wrong yeah. numbers. Yep. So anyways... So, like, for instance, show uh, show attendees Brandon Sheffield of uh, Necrosoft Games and Matthew Kumar of development studio MKUltra uh, told them about, or told Kotaku about an incident in which they witnessed a man collapse just outside the convention center, his head hitting the ground hard. Um, some attendees went to call 911 and get security. The guard nearest to them apparently refused to approach the injured man, like, altogether. So not only are they understaffed they're also understaffed and unwilling to do like their, untrained to really yeah. do their job yeah wow um, that's cold the and this was even after all of them saw the injured attendee begin to have seizure like symptoms so someone who was having a seizure the security guard wouldn't even step in to help like you know clear the really area oh, yeah. so to speak Look at that. Hmm. yeah so god yeah, so it even said it flat out says like security looked like it did not was not trained to deal with any situation that was present at this event. Um, there were two reports of theft at E3. Uh, Invel- or independent st- development studio Milky T said that two people grabbed the studio's laptops from the Dell stand where they were showcasing their game. One of them distracted the Dell employee, asking him questions about the hardware and directing him to one side of the stand. Uh, as we were all distracted, another person picked up the laptops and walked away. Jesus. Um, Man, Which I'm surprised they don't sucks. have like the uh, those crit, you know those bar locks that they put mm-hmm. on. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have any of those that, in the show. That would have been smart. Yeah, um, which is probably exactly why that would have been smart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see, and an even more disturbing story: an E3 exhibitor that wished not to be identified for fear of reprisal from uh, the ESA 
uh, the gaming industry trade group that runs the show. There you go. The ESA is the one um, uh, that said that equipment was stolen out of its LACC uh, meeting room by security guards. Um, one or our meeting room was broken into the night before the show started by E3 security staff. A representative of the company wrote in an email. They stole a laptop, two consoles, and four headsets. Fuck. They used one of our backpacks to get it out. Security had clear uh, camera footage of the guards entering and exiting. Oh shit! Okay. But because they couldn't actually see them carrying the stuff, they gave us some bullshit excuse about uh, it not being prosecutable or enforceable. Um. Yeah, so it just sounds like this year, with the added addition of the public, they didn't do their due diligence to actually yeah, take a, care of the show. What a disaster from uh, from the mindset of you know preparation and uh, and staffing like, and logistics. And, uh, yeah, the yeah. the the sheer incompetence on the logistics is just baffling to me. But then again, this is their first time opening up to the public. Well, they did a weird public thing back in like. Oh four or something, oh six. Yeah, it was somewhere right but around it, it there. It wasn't to this degree. No, it no. wasn't. Um, to be fair, as and you know, as I've told you guys, like I pretty much avidly, especially around the E three time, follow Giant Bomb because they're so embedded. Right. Uh, I mean, hell, Jeff Gertzman is one of the judges for the judges panel crap that they do. So mm-hmm. they talk about it, and E three's always been a shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for instance, there was one year where the entire GameSpot uh, booth was located in an area where no one was allowed to leave, and the only thing they were uh, given to drink was a cool one of those like can-shaped coolers of Red Bulls, and so they could not leave the booth because they were there for the entire day required by the company. And so, uh, in addition to that, they were all just strung out, slamming Red Bulls because <laughs> yeah. they were thirsty. Jesus, like, he said. It, what's disturbing about it was that they didn't have. There was no easily accessible water source anywhere in the show floor, so. Yeah probably no bathroom around there either uh, yeah so they were they were they had all talked about that like the heat in the the, the show floor then you add in red bull and like a lack of a, uh, easily accessible bathrooms made always makes e3 like a disaster you're not allowed to leave why the fuck not apart from wow. restroom break but yeah wow. yeah there's a lot of stuff industry-wise that happens at e3 in particular that is such like a shit show event which is crazy to me yeah, yeah. That's, that's and now you just added, you know, the crazy masses to the situation. <laughs> yeah. so. so that feeds directly into my point that I think, in a way, E3 as a set piece show case, like at a show floor, or more and more in particular, the stage show portion is dead to me. Um, Devolver pretty much nailed it on the head <laughs> of why it should be dead. There's no good reason for the way that we're presented all that information. There's no yeah. good reason to hear very and best and <laughs> every possible adjective that denotes a good connotation be overused to the degree that they are to, sh- you know, shove something down our throat. <laughs> Your future unethical gaming business practices today. today. That, yeah, and that was the one. That Fucking was like, that amazing. It. it was perfect. Oh, my God. That, that 15-minute, like... I couldn't make it through. Oh, I was at work partially, which was part of the problem. But, you gotta, you gotta uh, watch the entire thing. It's so funny. I, I got just, through the money portion, and the guy actually, like gets stuck in the. Device. His hand <laughs> just gets chopped <laughs> off, and he's screaming on stage as everyone's just clapping. clapping away. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. Okay, it, they, they created a, they, the whole thing was like. Yeah. We hear that you guys want to throw money at the screen for this game. It's like Hellraiser met E3 <laughs> and <laughs> formed a baby. Right, and that's Devolver Digital right. press conference. And then, all of our accountants had their like or 
or right or it was a it was teardrops and suicide notes for our accounting team. Yeah. So we devised this device that will allow you to literally throw money at the screen and it enters our bank accounts. <laughs> and so the guy accidentally gets too excited throwing money in, it th- throws his arm in and it loses his entire arm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um so that kind of actually nails it. Like their satire in that moment was so well done that it kind of highlighted where I feel about E3 and that's that every company should just go the way of, of Nintendo when it comes to their presentations. They should just throw up the trailers that include the small interviews they want to do. It's pre-recorded, so if they fuck up, it's not in the video. Right. They can just retake it weeks beforehand. They can get all this prepped up. They just release it online at the show floor. Three or four giant screens around, play the same trailers, same videos, whatever. Yeah, if if we got rid of the bullshit and either it was like an incredible wealth of information that was presented in a way for... I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's two different types of presentations. There's one that you give for the fans and the people that aren't into the industry side of things. And then there's ones that you give for the industry sides of things and that they are fans, but they need that kind of like business type mentality information that's going on. Right. Um, I like both of these things, but the way that they're presented now is this weird amalgamation in some of them where it just doesn't work. Like, for example, Xbox and EA, they always do this, like, bullshitty kind of song and dance about things, and it just doesn't work. Like, the Forza Motorsport section of the Xbox what's showcase funny, was just them showing off a new car to the masses. So, yeah. so what's funny about that? Like, Even hey, Phil Spencer makes jokes. He's like, he was making jokes during the Giant Bomb interview where he's like, He's like, they're like, so you showed off Forza with with uh, the the Scorpio or the you know the Xbox One X, and then he's like, yeah, we got to do that every time. <laughs> and he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's it's just a good place to show off, you know, wet roads, and, see, but that, and, and that water mechanics, really, really and, is. And, 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 and that honesty outside of the show floor makes me appreciate Phil Spencer, but I then it, the guy, it, it yeah. also makes those presentations even more bullshit. And that's because part you know of why that it is. So like, they still get around and they have to talk to all these people interviewing them throughout the entire like four day event right which nullifies the stage presentation more because they'll say you know something will be shown on this the thing and then it's vague like we were just talking about and then they'll follow up with a shit ton of interviews with media insiders as well as retailers and everyone in that scope gets the clarification on the floor anyway so it's totally pointless for them to even be interactive with the the presentation when they can just follow up with everything they need to do with these vendors and these developers. True. And that's why where my other side of the point is, if E3 is going to be a thing where it's about like showcasing and getting you involved in the hype, which I can appreciate. I I mean as it's as fun. Yeah. yeah, as as crazy as hype can be taken, I think that in a very respectable way, it's fun and it's it's kind of what gets us all into the gaming industry, right? It's it's really fun to get excited about these future sure. titles. Yep. So that's why I like it when companies can just get like Games, just game, 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 game. We don't need a you speech. You know who still with has the greatest? I love that. Sony last year, who didn't well, talk much. Even even Sony this year really did a pretty good think job. About it. Yeah, they, it's just they didn't have the the games to support. Last year was amazing, just <laughs> yeah, because they, they did a true show. Let's be honest, they they and had that, a, a fucking orchestra, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. And they tried to do that with the lights this year, and it just it wasn't yeah. as good. And I think that's where and they see, failed. There's one, there's one like element that, that I think the stage presentation falls through on and that's something that a lot of the media insiders all agree on it's that it's kind of like going to a sports event 
where when you go, you get sh- you usually get shitty seats. You can't really see what's going on, <laughs> and you're there amongst the crowds of people that are kind of just are all tic tacking away on your laptops, and trying to post the blogs and shit. Yeah, and he's like. <laughs> Really, when you're at home, you get the best experience because you get all the best seats. You get to see the videos full front, yeah. right up in your screen. He's like, honestly, watching it from home has been better than all the years I went to the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, that pretty yeah. much sums it up right there. That that nails the the feeling from the people on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. and you know, and even even from the outside view, like when I was first starting to get into E3, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I want to go to the show. I want to mm-hmm. go to the show. And then as like the years go on, I'm like. Why the fuck would I want to go there? Look at all those people. And I don't want to deal it, with those people. It. Yeah, they don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I just want to watch these videos again. Yeah, and so, that's that's a big reason why I kind of go. I don't even watch live anymore. Well, mostly because I'm working. But catching on. Well, and really, sometimes you're on, on live, you get kicked off because there's too many viewers oh, yeah, on it. The stream exactly. doesn't catch you right. I've had that so many times where it'll just lock up on me, and then I miss the entire second half of a presentation. Yeah. I'm just like, yep, I'll just catch it three hours later when it's done buffering yeah yeah like that's it's how awesome yeah, yeah it's so much better that way and even even if it's not catching the buffered version if it's just catching you know somebody put up this yeah. video here's this video, summary here's or this. something I'm, yeah fuck yes i will be all over that yeah absolutely um so i think when i mentioned the nintendo as i call it nintendoian uh direct it's just the idea of like a pre-production video would it be Nintendoian? Nintendo? Nintendian is probably more accurate. Nintendian is probably better. But um, <laughs> regardless, uh, if the show floor can go the direction it's already going, which is already heading towards a PAX direction, it's clearly just the staffing that's the biggest issue right, right. now. Um, so something along those lines for the show floor, because I th- still think E3 has a place as our summer gaming celebration. Like, there's an element that, of that. And that's what I'm meaning about that hype. Because yeah. I, I think the idea of E3 is still not a bad thing. Exactly. I, I love it. I love getting into the hype. And that's why every year there's all of us lining up to watch the presentations. Like, we can't deny that fact. And then and that's, talk that's, about and that's yeah. And that's where yeah, I think the smart move would be to move to those just pre-production videos that then are broadcast to the internet. Everyone on the internet gets it immediately without having to worry about a problem of like oh this video is not connecting and i can't get in to watch the presentation i can just load a youtube video that's like an hour and a half long and that's my entire that's the presentation clean Um, i think it'll be a while before we get to that point but when it happens yeah fine yeah i think that's the right way to go for that presentation end and then the show floor should still exist and i think gaming as a community still needs to come together during this week and kind of celebrate it all like that's the reality of it all is that that's what it's meant for it's just when we get into these Let's have a whole presentation that winds up only being full of half-truths and over-speaking and over-selling products that, honestly, it people can make a decision about a product by looking at the trailer on its own. Absolutely. And more often do that than listening to you say, well, it does this too, maybe, and then have to come back after the show and be like, so it doesn't do that, sorry. <laughs> like, that's does, been very common in the last several years. It does this as well if you don't try to do that. I mean, if you want to go really far, not really far, but like three years back, two years I think three years back, uh, the DRM fiasco. You say oh, something on stage yeah. that everyone hates. It ruins your sales projections for the next six months. You can just put a video out and then revise the video after the fact. Like, no, that's we've been corrected. That sorry. Like, that's more clean communication than like having than somebody going up on stage well, saying, "No, no, no." And we're not. Let, gonna let's yeah. let's be real with that too, though. You yeah. know, all of the Xbox employees were told that they needed to hype it up and sell yep. like major nelson trying to convince oh angry joe oh, that yeah. this was a great idea is one of the most hilarious conversations 
that I've ever heard. Well, then it the opened up Sony to just like slam them with that video. This is how we share games, yeah. and that's why it was like, amazing. That was, uh, that was the rebuttal just, was amazing. But yeah, it's still like when you realize like that was probably the big reason why Sony took the lead early on. At the end of the day, these two consoles are basically oh. the same exact thing. Like, yeah, no, 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 exactly. It's how you sell your your product at core conception, and absolutely. Xbox will forever be in this cycle the latter. There's yep. nothing that they can do to change that, I think. Realistically, no. yeah. They I fucked mean, themselves. If you look at it from the last cycle, 360 really held on to it until the exact end In, when Sony finally fixed their marketing. Yep, because they, yep. they learned from their mistake the last time. Yeah. And Xbox didn't have that mistake, so yep. then they made one. Yes. Yep. So it's, it's just Circle it's cyclical. But uh, yeah, so that's really all the E3 crap. Like For me, I just think, yeah, if we move towards more of a... You know what? It's kind of like packs with... The, the year's projection game announcements attached to it yeah that's i think the right way to head with it um obviously e3 the show itself needs a lot of work for the floor as we've just found out about yeah. all the robberies and yeah security being Huge a bunch fiasco. of yeah giant problems so yeah, we'll figure it out next year yeah it's just it's just you know <laughs> i'm just cool. tired of the stage show presentation that devolver did such a good job destroying yeah just, we are very Excited to be very involved in your very home. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's pretty much how they sound. Yeah. yeah. They just throw as many yeah. adjectives at you as they can. The best home experience that you very had. <laughs> yep. That's you go watch the devolver. Seriously. Yeah, like that, it's, really it, it's that for like five minutes too. It's too good. <laughs> um so last few pieces of news before we get into the topic section. Um first up, rumor mill. Um, Diablo 2 and Warcraft 3 from Blizzard will be getting a remaster. Yay. Um, and then in addition, there's a potential for Diablo 4 to take up the MMO slot for D- uh, Blizzard. Interesting. That Diablo 4 will be an MMO. That'd be... It's multiplayer uh, yeah. Diablo just with open servers. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Well, really I guess anything. I haven't really yeah. played Diablo all that much. But I guess a good way to put it is that Diablo would be taking one giant note from Marvel Heroes. Just opening it up to more yeah. people. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's, that's a rumor that's going around. Uh, I guess we'll find out at BlizzCon if any of that's true because I don't see any of them announcing anything between now and then. Um, next up is uh, Ed Boon posted yesterday, I believe, that Sub Zero's DLC piece will be out July 11th. Um, cool. It seems like. Yeah, it's the my birthday. Hottest month of the year. Right? It's the hottest, coolest, 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 coolest fighter character. It's yeah. the I'm still, still mad sure. that we're getting Nether Realm characters in my. <laughs> I'm. I feel you. Game. I'm still, still so disappointed that they keep doing that. Like, I'm more mad about Raiden, I think, than I am Sub Zero. Yeah, and I'll give you that. But at least, like, at least the first Injustice had one. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Scorpio, cool. And yeah, I, Scorpion, I don't cool, think whatever. I don't think it needs more than one. Exactly. And I think the the main ninjas are obviously the yeah. set piece characters. Like throwing Raiden in addition when you had Static Shock half built. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, fuck that you. And, and fuck not you. to not no, to mention okay. the way that like Black Adam already kind of is too. Like yeah. it really Yeah. Ugh. It's it's a lot. I don't need that kind of fighter again. No. Like Static could have been a really fast co- like comparable character to your Black Adam cuz Black Adam's yeah. such a beast. And and when you look at Firestorm plus Black Adam, that's Raiden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and hell, if you want to add in another move that's typical like Raiden move with like his like 
whatever he yells. I, I, he, it sounds like Kamehameha almost when he flies. Okay, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that static can do that when he has, he's on his like sweet metal, his disc. sweet disc of awesomeness. <laughs> yeah. Like, hop on it and just shoot across the screen. Like you got some cool, mo- like there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with static. And they're like, no, let's do Raiden again. And no one wants yeah. to give static love, man. It I know. pisses me off. Fucking A, right? Batman fucking beyond. I, I finally saw the Batman head in game that has the Beyond oh, style. Oh yeah, I, with like the, uh, is it tight? I played against nope. it. It's pretty awesome. Well, it was funny. It was he had that head, and otherwise he looked like the Zura and R, the crazy purple, orange, and yeah, whatever Batman. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is a lot of things going on with this Batman. <laughs> but you know, that's my work. favorite thing about this uh, game is that you can add the dumb like oh, ridiculousness absolutely. of um, my Harley think, looks retarded. Yeah, mine does too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, my arrow has, you know, the, um, is it the silly cap? The silly cap. I love this. The silly, silly cap. cap with the, uh, the earpiece and the sunglasses, dude. That's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> it's Looking like so, Roy. Looks so ridiculous, yep. but he's in, you know, green and red, like ridiculous. Oh, so Huntsman alternate. Yeah. Huntsman yeah. alternate. Yep. That's what I get for being a green arrow main. I know all the shit. <laughs> I, I am too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's Sub-Zero. It's weird because it seems like uh, the seasons are going to be coming out character by character monthly rather than all three dropping at once. Mm. At least that's the trend that's Which shaping up. not terrible. I mean, I maxed Red Hood in two days. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. And see, I haven't even touched it yet. So Yeah. Well, I saw that they had the event going where like three of the event pieces, like his little planet in the multiverse it was going. Oh, I forgot and about the planet. Three of his planets had, uh, or three of his locations on that planet had go- all gold. So I was like, I'm maxing him right now. Like, yeah. it has 58 hours left. I'm hitting it the next two days so that he can have all that. It's great because he has the original Red Hood, which is like the smooth, silky looking, like, black, like, the solid mask, metal yeah. mask. I was like, fuck yeah. Tighten. What I really want so. is the cloth hood, which just kind of goes down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, My so that's all that stuff. Um. I think that's really it. Um, one other piece from of your movie news. Yeah. Uh. So I just really wanted to quit touch on this here because I know this may evolve by the time month and movies comes out. Um. And we're kind of moving away from news for that. But if you haven't been aware. There's a ton of shambolic information that came out about Han Solo the entirety of this week because the story kept evolving. Yeah. So it started out, um, breaking news, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have left Han Solo movie three weeks out of finishing principal photography. Yep. Yes. Which is really bad news just in general. Yep. Because it's like, why did you wait to get these people fired or they decided to just finally leave now? And as it breaks down at that story's head, it was Kathleen Kennedy didn't like the way that they were doing some things. It wasn't Star Warsy enough. And Phil Lord and Chris Miller had their own version and vision for this movie. Kind of like what happened with, in a way, Edgar Wright and Ant-Man, and, Ant-Man. And Ant-Man yep. before with, with Marvel. Right. Um, I think that there's like much in the same way that... Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, head of Marvel... Uh, Kevin Feige? Yeah. Yeah. Much in the same way that Feige's kind of guarding the Marvel Cinematic Universe, making things stay to its branded like vision for where they're going. I think the same thing is happening oh, with Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars, which is fine. You got to stay true to your vision and what Star Wars is. Yeah. So I can understand that, but it's really sad and it's really weird that we're creating this, I don't know, negative area for people to really get 
interesting ideas in Star Wars. And you'll also keep in mind that Rogue One's original edit wasn't Star Warsy enough too. And someone came in to do the reshoots. But um, at that time, Gareth Edwards played ball, so it was all fine. Mm -hmm. They didn't. So they left. Two days later, then the other big breaking news comes out that it was um, that that the person that was going to come in now for the directing portions is Ron Howard. And this is where I just sort of sighed and turned my head in confusion. (sighs) I'm not going to lie. Ron Howard's latest movies have been boring since, uh, what was it? Not drive, uh, um, rush. Oh yeah, rush was I. I understand it like not bad, but for me at least, because I haven't seen rush, I have to admit I haven't really liked the Ron Howard movie since Apollo Eleven, which was in the nineties. Yeah, like ninety. So yeah, and yeah. I just I don't think Star Wars when I think Ron Howard movies. No, his are slower, dramatic. Uh, kind of movies, dialogue. He has a very particular way of writing that's exclusive well, to him. It's not even just like writing because, again, he's mainly the director yeah. in most of these things. Right. So his just way of shooting is a little bit slower and like close shots with the face. And, Di- hard dialogue. Yeah, hard dialogue. And, and he usually does um, pieces from actual like, like history, like real yeah. life events. Well, um, I mean, this is the history of Han Solo, man. So now it's <laughs> real gonna to him. Be, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be super... I don't know. The thing is, and the reason why they chose Ron Howard, I believe, is that he's a known quantity in the Star Wars family. He's helped with previous uh, Lucas adventure oh, ventures. Right, right. Uh, in fact, actually, he was heavily involved with um, American Graffiti way, way back in the day. People don't remember that. Right. And he was also uh, heavily involved in Willow. So things that shot off from the Star Wars universe, yep. but Lucas yep, was very much involved in, obviously, because mm-hmm. they were directed films by him. Right. Yep. So he's a known quantity. He knows everyone there. He can come in from that point, and I think Kathleen Kennedy can trust him to follow the he vision has a moral that center they that have. Aligns with Disney too, when well, I think about it, he, and he just he aligns with the the business executive yeah. decisions. He's not a hard director to control. Yep. Rain from in. that sense yeah, yeah. so i get in it business since forever if we're being honest so yeah he knows how it I'm, works and i'm not saying yeah. that he's like a terrible person i just don't think star wars when i think of a ron howard movie oh, and even his past involvement with the franchise doesn't do anything to change that feeling i only me. think of happy days <laughs> and see i think of happy days and i think of uh there's something else and i can't think of arrested development that i was just oh, going about i was one. about to go that's there. The i love arrested development yeah that's true ron howard I know. That's it. And and that's the one thing where I'm like, if their version their vision for this movie was a little sarcastic and everything like that, Arrested Development is the perfect center poise to think about that. So maybe he will have that man. Lando and Han's dialogue are often that kind of And more evolving news going on to that point, just a day ago, rumor came out that the person that actually really got them axed was Alden Ehrenreich himself. He came on, he came to Kathleen Kennedy and was like, hey, I'm not sure this is really vibing for what this character should be. And of course, Ehrenreich is going to be very, very concerned about how his character is going to be portrayed because this, if he fucks it up or he is assumed to fuck it up, his career is over. Fans will hate him. So of course, Christensen all over again. Exactly. exactly. No one wants that. So he came to Kathleen right he came to kathleen kennedy and was like okay i think you should take a look at this because i'm not gonna lie and this is rumored to be his words they're trying to do to han solo 
a Jim Carrey Ace Ventura feeling. Oh, that's no. how bad he said that. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. If they were trying to do that for this movie, no. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah. So, then. rumor mill is that from there, <sighs> Kathleen took okay. a, a look at it and was like, went, yeah, no, you're right. No, 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 this no, no, isn't no. really vibing for what we're doing. Chris Miller uh, and uh, Phil, Lord and Phil Lord held their ground and was like, no, we really, really feel in this vision. And then that's where they parted ways. All in all, all right. the one Damn. thing that we can take for truth in this is that just in general, this core thing itself is bad. Yep. It's concerning. And that's because no matter what, this reshoots are fine. That, that happens. Absolutely. But losing your directors entirely for a movie Three weeks out of the actual principal photography being done, the yep. movie's like 80, 70% shot. And now it looks like... They're gone. Yeah. And that means they're going to have to either start from scratch or heavily fragment what the entire vision was from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Rogue One managed to do that okay, but I think that was because that process was heavy reshoots. Gareth Edwards still played ball. He could still make sure that everything right. was flowing smoothly. And now that we look back on it and what his vision was, in all in all, it probably was better that reshoots were done. Yep. But in this in case, this case like they yeah, they, they asked the directors completely. And now, yeah, it's it's the question is, well, do we start from scratch? I'm say, worried that this is going to have like a Suicide Squad problem come up because now we're taking away that entire vision and we have to start all the way from scratch with a limited amount of time available. This movie's coming out Next year, in May, probably not now. Probably not. <laughs> like they said uh, that they're I'm, staying to the deadline at least for now. Do I believe it? Hell no. no exactly. That's not. what. That's Hell no. They say yeah. that they there's the words. As soon as you hit that word, at least for now, that's when you know. Okay, well, we still have that room. They they yeah. didn't say at least for now, but I have to insert it there because. Practically speaking, yeah, if you want a good Star Wars movie about arguably one of the best Star Wars Reshoot, characters of so, all fucking time, you better a, fucking get it right, and it better be good. I agree. Here's so reality, don't I come out in May. Because they designate a bunch getting, of time to the reshoots, obviously. Like, they they already, I, like every film pre-plans reshoot timing. Yeah. Uh, it's entirely plausible that 80% of the 80% that's been filmed, to all the way to 100% of the 80% that's been filmed, could be part of that now fill up that reshoot time which is shitty because it shouldn't you're right exactly and and if they need to restart from scratch if the the vision for that movie was has Aaron Wright put it like Ace Ventura pet detective for Han Solo they need to redo the entire thing I'm I'm just gonna be honest if that's real but take it into perspective take it into perspective and I'm coming down just a little bit no yeah I do believe in Kathleen Kennedy I do believe in the Star Wars vision thus far yep. because they've done amazing things yep. with the overarching universe. As long as they are willing to change the date for this movie, I will believe in them they that need, they can get it done. Yep. They honestly probably I, need to. I will point. not believe in that May date, though. If they come out and they're sticking to that May date, oh, I think this no. movie is well, going to be garbage. And now thinking about it, I'm worried realistically, about that. Realistically, I, I remember even thinking May may not be a good idea because it's two weeks, isn't it? It's two weeks after... Uh, Avengers two or three Infinity weeks. War. Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. insane that which they're is, that close. That's like that's Disney, way you're too stepping close. on your own feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's a bad. So it might be wiser for them to adjust. Well, I just I think they wanted to explore going back to that summer uh, yeah. time frame. Yeah, and there was a rumor that originally they were even thinking about doing two movies a year. Which right now with the way that we're going, I'm Probably, glad that they haven't. Yeah. 
they they forget that a good chunk of their Marvel audience is also their Star Wars audience, yes. and that that's too much. Statu- that's five Absolutely. movies a year that that they're building up towards. There's so Which, many movies I mean, now. Anyway, it's like Marvel's built up to three. This is the first yeah. year, and from now on, it's going to be three, yeah. and it's just like... Which, with what they've been trying to do, this is which best for them to do Fuckery three. that happened this week. Small note, because I forgot. I did text the little simple no. text. It's just Sony Marvel fuckery. But uh, did you guys see the interview with Feige and... Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, crap. It's the woman that's running Sony's... Pascal. Amy yeah, Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they did an interview... They're obviously hyping Together? up Homecoming. Yes, yeah, yeah. they're hyping up Homecoming. They're doing interviews for that. They're already on the press tour for that. And during an interview, Pascal changed a statement about the upcoming Venom film that changes, moves mountains essentially, but it also made Feige twitch a little bit on. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, I'm going to find so, this. I'm so find this. This. so yeah. the way it played out is someone was asking like, so you just cast, you know, Tom Hardy as Venom. How's that going to play out? Like, is it still going to be separated or it's going to be that? And she's like, oh, I think with the wealth of the MCU, we're going to probably have Tom Holland in that film, which I'm like, that's a huge, that's already like departure massive from the what original, the original statement. statement was. Yeah. And then basically she says, and within the greater MCU, we can then share these characters more. And you see Feige's yeah. brain, like, the, when the oh, we said, talk about we this. have this conversation? This is, oh my God, Jesus. I'm going to find that interview because it's fascinating when you get head executive people that are creative people yep. together and their visions collide so dramatically with each other. So That's like someone stepping on your fucking baby no, and yeah. like yeah. tearing it apart yeah. of you like so in front of your what's face. what's funny like, it's is crazy. like you see his, fa- his face initially give the confusion of like, we never spoke about that. Oh. And then you see his eyebrows raised oh. kind of like in a... Well, no, we get all those characters. Not a bad idea. So he and his brain in that moment goes, oh, fine, fuck it. <laughs> We're not going to give you many people. We've already confirmed Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, or whatever that's going to be the official title yes. of it, is going to have a different MCU character, not Iron Man, but a different one. More than likely, Captain America, because... Yeah. You want to have your two biggest set piece characters. They can have interact. like the two visions of your dad, and oh they can have that, exactly. that kind of like These Man of Steel vibe. Yeah, yeah, two different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I have two so, dads. <laughs> so I think that's going to play out that way. But so it sounds like with each Spider-Man film, they're going to really share one Hulk. character. <laughs> so it doesn't really hurt the Marvel piece too much, right? And now Marvel's just like, cool. We yeah, get let's a do bunch it. of Spider-Man characters throw in ours if that's oh, the case. I'm going to find that interview. It's great. So uh, that's, yeah, that's that, awesome. I forgot. That was very important and that, that's just some funny shit because it does tail off of yours where you're talking Absolutely. about the producers being weird and stuff. So, And then with uh, reshoots that I thought of, there was one that came out this week that was uh, photos from the reshoots of Justice League. Uh, and so there's more there's more um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hints that there uh, there's high potential to see a Green Lantern in this film. Army Hammer. <laughs> he's still he's claiming no one's talked to him, but we both know Cavill and the producer has both talked to him. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be Army Hammer, definitely. As Hal yeah, Jordan. he would, he would He'd be, be a pretty perfect Hal Jordan. Oh my god! And look, at, oh god damn! You go watch Free guy, Fire, yeah. and like he's okay. starting to get really good as Is an he? actor. Okay, because the yeah. last time I saw him was still alone. Go watch Free Fire. Okay. He's way better in Free that. Free Fighter. Got it. No, Free Fire. Free Fire? Free Fire. Thank you. Um, so I'll do that. And then the other thing that was also there was there's a single set piece that was moved on. Two set pieces, I should say. One was we're probably getting Wonder Woman flashbacks because mm. we see the okay. the German uh, cross. Makes sense. Uh, She's now the plane. best character. Oh, yeah, he's... Perceived to be the best character. Yeah. The... Well, they confirmed. They basically stopped confirmed with small uh, statements <laughs> from um, 
Jeff Johns as well as uh, Joss Whedon that they're bringing hope and optimism back to the DC EU, which I'm like, yeah, yeah, they need it. Yeah, so uh, that's the, that's my I, that's, biggest complaint about is every fucking DC. Is brooding. they're like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly my problem. Too. So. There's that, but they also showed one of the set pieces has the architecture that resembles the top of the Hall of Justice. Ooh. So I'm I'm theorizing. I like Just, that. Here's my theory: is Hooray. that at the end of this film, for whatever reason, it might be Wonder Woman, it might be somebody else, because it, 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 they're basically treating it as a hangar by the looks of it, and then it's going to be a converting a hangar, hence the arc, mm-hmm. um, into the Hall of Justice. Is that we might get something kind of like the the. Uh, Young Justice treated the Hall of Justice, where it was like a face front public oh, yeah. building, and then you zoom, and then you zoom up, up to yeah. space. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm hoping is the case. So, um, just throwing those out there because those were some weird, weird superhero shit that kind of dropped this week that I forgot about. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so some cool stuff. Big question is, um, does Wonder Woman have the invisible jet, or can she fly? I've not seen the movie, so you know, I should talk she about can... maybe going tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, no, and good. Sort of no. Sort of no. Okay. So when she gets go the watch invisible the movie. Jet, <laughs> yeah, no. So it's so she gets the invisible jet, time. they can put it in the hangar that is the Justice League Hall. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to go see it again. It's one that I would watch again. But I, I you know, time saving money. You can't you know. do tomorrow night. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll yeah, at yeah. some point. Um, but yeah, so let's break into our actual topic now. So Xbox One X, which. I love uh, that you astutely pointed out the one giant point about it, that it's an acronym for Xbox. Xbox One X. X-B-O-X. They've now, right? they've now full circle yeah. come back to right? Xbox. Right? Uh. I fucking hate that shit so much. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me mad inside. It makes me cringe. I want to scream. But I know that if I do, then everyone's going to be like, oh. Ah, my ear. Ear hole, so. <laughs> yep. Oh Jesus god, it, it makes me so mad. Um, I, I can't. I don't want to play anymore. So, so I'm gonna for this. I'm gonna reference the great Giant Bomb interview with with uh, Phil Spencer because it was only like 45 minutes and they talked a lot. And he was actually way more candid about a lot of questions they had than I thought he was going to be. Because like last year, he was quite dodgy, right? With just only having an announcement of Scorpio, and this year having the reveal, he's like. Just talking about everything. So yeah. on top of that, well, you from what you were well. saying earlier as well. Yeah, it's like apparently when Phil Spencer gets off the stage, he's like a human being. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, that's exactly it. He uh, he's a true gamer, yeah. and talking, hearing him talk, he he loves all the consoles, and he has all the consoles. Like he right. he's a gamer first and foremost. He's like, yeah, I got into this in the, in the late '90s, and basically I've worked my way up. But I was a, a gamer first and foremost. He's yeah. like back in the day. For instance, the first thing they talked about was um, Game Pass. And mm-hmm. how that's affecting, and basically, like within that, they were like, uh, they also talked about uh, the reason why Minecraft and Skyrim keep coming out. Yeah, because <laughs> because it needed to be addressed finally. They sell, and that's the yeah. thing. So he said, like, he's like, he, you know, what's crazy is that Minecraft originally came out in two thousand nine, and we had our highest sales for Minecraft ever on record this past December in twenty sixteen. How? Thank you. He's like, like, that's a good reason. That's right. There's another reason. He's like, uh, another good point is that the moment Black Ops 2 hit backwards compat on Xbox One in April, it jumped into the top 10 most downloaded games of all time. Yeah. Or of, of that month, I should say. Yeah. So it's this case in point. He's like, we're getting away farther and farther away. We're drifting from uh, the time when it was like you'd have a game come out. It had two to four months to live and then it died. 
He's like, we're no longer in that space. We're in, we can no longer address the gaming community kind of like the film community has addressed movies where it's time within the theaters is kind of where it's it's hit or miss if it's going to get a sequel or something. Right. So like more often than not now, the tale, the tale of these releases are so long. He's like, you never know when it's finally going to hit stride. He's like, well, that's the market now. And I'll be honest, we're going to see in the next, I'm, I'm going to predict within the next three years, there's going to be a lot of market shifts that change the face of of the movie industry and how they play yeah, out there. Absolutely. Marketing. It has to, it has to uh, yeah. evolve yeah, to survive. To yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it started to, but yeah, it's slow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like what's crazy about all that is he, he was then talking about like game pass and how like, he's like, Oh yeah, we're launching. It's going to be like Netflix. He's like, you know, Netflix was revolutionary. Um, yeah. He's like, honestly, even really PS was. now is really revolutionary. And they, they both, um, Jeff Gersman and uh, Spencer, both <laughs> like the only problem sucks. He's like, the only real problem with now is that it's streamed and not downloaded. He's like, that's the struggle of it, is that you have no real consistency in your gameplay because you're playing on a connection. You're not playing on your console. He's like, so we took the notes, of course, and we have, you know, time downloads and stuff like that. They self-delete. He's like, that's how this works. He's like, you can download whatever during that time. If it falls off a game pass, then that's when it's removed from your your console. He's like... Generally speaking, it shouldn't because all the games that are on there right now are Xbox or Microsoft owned, and we have no intention of removing them. Which is kind of huge. Yeah, that's basically saying, okay, here's your subscription for this. You don't need to buy it anymore. Don't buy another game. Yep. Well, and it's it's like that whole and going alongside mm-hmm. of that, like you said, with Netflix and Amazon Prime and things like yeah. that. It's the idea that you don't need to own the product to feel like you've experienced the product. Mm-hmm. Right. And for things like entertainment, that definitely changes the yeah. face of everything. So he brought up two other main points that kind of really affected that was that one was they touched on, um, it was backwards compat on like, I think it was like poker stars or something like that. That was on poker stars. Yeah. So they brought it up because it's a high selling backwards compat yeah. game for them. People like poker and it's an efficient yeah. poker game. I okay. guess that's really all it is. But that works. Um, what happened was the licensure expired and everybody that had that on their console it deleted immediately from their xbox ones um people were like what just happened so they were all messaging him and he even spencer was one who was surprised because he's like he had it on his too and he's like um yeah i was just as confused as everybody else when it happened because it the reality is they all they both kind of said it like the reality is that when you buy a game and you see that terms of agreement it flat out says you do not own this game you own a license to play this game for a time and it can if it expires ever you don't you can't play that game anymore so that's what the terms and agreement that are on every game box are on every pre-play thing is when it's like legal notice that's telling you in there that you do not own this title huh, maybe you should read those well and that's <laughs> that's why in some ways i don't think the physical market will ever completely die yeah. because mm-hmm. there are going to be people that yep. always want those specific games for themselves so that they can play it without the connection and all of that fiasco yep Which and i would is... agree um the big reason I'm still physical. Yeah. The one the one cool thing is that if the game is uh, first party, it's almost never going to lose its licensing. Which is good. Um, which is also what's going to fill up most of Game Pass is the Xbox proper uh, licensed games. Um, he's like, the hard thing is when you start to have to get into to license negotiations. And he's like, and it gets difficult because when studios close down, you know, and someone else buys them out, like buys in bulk, like THQ is a good example. Apart from THQ Nordic, every other part of THQ is just like cut apart and sold off to other companies. So yeah. You don't know who has the. And what's crazy is like those licenses go far back. He's like, if you were to try to hunt down like 
the license for Road Rage back on like the original Genesis and SNES. Damn, that was a good game. You wouldn't be able to find it no. because you don't know who has it. And they don't know who has it because when they buy yeah, it, they're not going they're through Because they're just their, like, they're all like, right. Oh, we'll buy this bulk of 300 games. We're not going to go through it. Well, we're just going to own it. Yeah, because the thing is, when you when you look at it just as a hardcore business thing, mm-hmm. and this is what I'm going through with the company that I work for right yep. now because we are getting bought out, it's portfolios. Yeah. It's assets. Yeah. It's not the actual physical individual things yeah. themselves. Yep. They're all split off into pages upon pages of legal documents mm-hmm. and um, long-winded portfolios. Just basically it's like crazy. a file cabinet. You exactly. Like, you're, you're basically like, it's yes. kind of like when you when you lose... Storage wars. I was going to say, storage yeah. wars, that's what I was actually going to go to. It's like, <laughs> if you ever default for one month on on your storage unit, it goes up for auction the following month for like a ridiculously cheap price. Like... Uh, Near our work is a storage unit, and I was there one day, and one guy was trying to get in because he, the the weekend before he had bought a unit for six hundred dollars. He popped it open, and in there was like easily several thousand dollars worth of stuff that he just got for six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and that's just how those things kind of work, and that's exactly how these studios work. Is these people buy out like a filing cabinet, like filing cabinet number two, don't know what's yeah. in it, and they're not going to look through it and organize that until they want to maybe revive a series and they want to see what's in there and just see if and they have it. It's such an apt comparison to like bring up that storage wars thing because yeah. people <laughs> I think get confused about like how that all works when, mm-hmm. when companies buy other companies and yep. it, the most hardcore comparison is that it's yeah. a shed of things <laughs> that if you maybe take the time to go cool through, stuff. you yeah. can find some there interesting might be stuff some gold, but or you could totally get a shit. Whole bunch of paper. Yeah, exactly. It's probably ET for the NES. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Did, did you? Oh God! Why do I hang out with you? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, every time I'm on this, I question our friendship. <laughs> oh, rip me. Um. So sorry, my phone's not. That's okay. Um. So they went through a bunch of that stuff. Uh, then they addressed the question of VR because that's pertinent sure. to this era. Um. He's he. Phil Spencer even said like. Um, it was probably a bad idea for all of us to market last year as like the year of VR because yeah. it's really oh, not yeah. moved in the direction we need it to really be. Really hasn't. He's like, I was never fully sold on it being like the... N- he's like, I'm still sold that it's the next big thing, but we're but like eight yet. years or ten years out. He's like, we're not, we're not there. He's like, you're still corded to these things. You're still stepping over cords. You're not really immersed. He's like, the living room is really the biggest place where we're struggling because if you think about it, you can't play VR in your living room when you have a house full of people. He's like, you're more yeah. than likely to have people stepping around you and past you, and then you have courts dance around. He's like, it's it's not where it needs not, to be. Not to mention living spaces are consistently getting smaller and exactly. smaller. Oh, yeah. Exactly, consistently. So yeah. he's like, so we're, not, we're just not there yet. He's like, eventually it'll be, it'll make, he's like, it makes sense. You want to immerse yourself in a world, that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he's like, we're just not there yet. And I think everyone jumping on board the way they did last year of marketing it that way was wrong. And I think one of the bigger things that they're going to need for that is that thing that you can stand on and like run. Yeah. That's the big thing. Wear your socks and you, it looks as like a bold as, surface yeah. that that tells we where you're They've at. They've got yeah. like the super weird shoes. The, yeah. the best the, way that I've seen it explained in like media or like entertainment mm-hmm. is literally Ready Player One. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly. the best explanation That's of where be I could VR. vision mm-hmm. yeah, VR going. Uh, or you could go with like Ghost in the Shell as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that whole world becomes VR eventually. Because yeah. it's cyberspace. So I think. God, I wish I was in So I was happy you kind of addressed that because it's something that I've watched over the past year, obviously, because me and Cody have the ongoing kiddie pool joke. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, we haven't seen a whole lot of the Vertigo stuff, but like 
it still just looks like none of the games developed are actually any real enjoyment. They're all they look more like fancy tech demos than they yeah. do like intentional games, so to speak. Yeah, and like the best way that I've I've heard it explained, it's like for every uh, ten or fifteen VR games that come out, only one's like actually any fun, really. Like Skyrim VR apparently is pretty good, but then like, but that's like a game. Batman that's, Arkham. Yeah detective or whatever like, it was yeah. called is strictly just a detective mode it's, it's in like seven demo. cases yeah. and yeah. that's all it is yeah it's a tech demo um, well and i guess elite dangerous vr is pretty awesome but you don't have to move for that one mm-hmm. which is great you just move your well, hands and i want a vr only so i can like pilot a starship yeah really. that's that's exactly. I just yeah. Want that experience that's yeah. all through space those yeah. sorts of things yeah sit in my comfort um, chair and yeah just like eve yeah, yeah. right yeah. um so then, like, what's funny is Gertzman even mentioned, he's like, yeah, on the show floor, they were showing off some VR games, and there's several that are really, like, intense multiplayer ones. And he was like, this is great. Too bad this is the only time I'll ever play VR in multiplayer, because there's enough people here that actually are playing on on VR, VR yeah. but mm-hmm. I don't know enough people that actually want to buy a VR right now when they're looking at these consoles. Yeah. It's... Like, you were talking about, like, essentially, like, an 8... $800 purchase if you want to get a good PlayStation VR system going or it is $900 start. on Xbox. Like, There's too much barrier to entry right now. So bringing it full circle. Coming back. Yep. I'm going to tie, I'm I, gonna I tie in. No, I like that. Um, yeah. Do you think there are ever any old games that could ever be fun on VR? Ooh. Um, it's going going into our Mario topic. 64. It'll be our little, little thing. No, I think that's good because then the next piece will... The next piece they talked about feeds directly into those two um, there's a couple and i think super mario 64 is one of them okay. you know yeah okay yeah. i saw a fun little uh, <laughs> augmented reality with that like it was the original marios but yeah like the, it was augmented reality person playing like on a street with yeah his, and it, yeah i've seen that yeah, yeah. so like that's kind of the imp- first step towards that kind of thing is yeah that'd be good i mean Um, let's go ahead and get it out of the way i would love to play the classic halo ce from the original xbox absolutely if they if they put in the proper resources to 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 make it mechanically astute that'd be fun i'd buy halo again yeah it'd be fun again 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 again, because then you'd be a spartan oh yeah like how cool would that be that's been my only if the vr is the helmet Oh, oh my, my god! god. <laughs> I'd shell out so much money for that. I'm yeah. not even gonna lie. That, you remember the Halo yeah, Three thing where they had like, all like the shit oh my in god, the helmet, it comes with the helmet it's and like, it's like super tiny. Yeah, yeah it, like, it was. Do a you imagine box if nah, if they did every helmet that's like popularized in the game, and I got my recon? My god, there <sighs> would be so <laughs> a recon that helmet. hurts. That yeah. is a whole bunch of money <laughs> so they could make. I know, but anyways, so I think what that's a good one. Instead of just saying, all right, here's a new VR helmet that is this one. Here's a new VR helmet that is this one. Make the VR and then make interchangeable helmets. Yeah. Because that would just... Just a shell. Be, just, yeah. a sh- a just a cheap, shell. A cheap plastic set cheap, shell. Not even cheap plastic. I wouldn't plastic, say cheap, but, but you, get the, you get the concept. But yeah, still, yeah. like something that is a twenty dollars skin you can thing. put it on top of yeah. your head and feel like you are this character. That's what I want. It'd be great if it had like an automatic Bluetooth for yep. headset communication mm-hmm. built in. Yeah, those sorts of things. And I so, would never take it off. <laughs> that'd be gross. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, okay, I'm just let, me, let me rephrase. I'd never take it off in my house outside as, the as, bathroom. Or bedroom? Like, yeah, maybe. All right. Anyways, so going on, going on back to this, uh, I think KOTOR, if you made the mod, sort of like the Skyrim stuff where it switches from third to first, 
Because as I think about it practically, I'm like, well, what kind of like games would be fun in like a different perspective the, uh, for VR? It's the point Bounty of it Hunter. is to immerse you. So Star Wars Bounty Hunters one well, that maybe, but but mind. that's one. But yeah. here's where I'm going with that. I'm like, I don't think because that's where like the side scroller stuff in VR doesn't make sense to me because the no. point is to immerse you into the character exp- doing that, and yeah. the only way to properly do that seems to be first person. No, yeah, I would agree. Because um, it removes that entirely. So. Fighting games have a potential. Like I still relook at the Street Fighter Five stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. Ah! The Morrowind. Yep. I I need to play. Yes, so Morrowind at some point. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Dude, oh god. Anyway, I I've gotten farther. I. Sorry, <laughs> dude. You, you it's all right. To do that so oh, I, know, but <laughs> I was hoping I could just. So um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about much other games because like yeah. Like, I think about it more, and, like, you know, Fusion Frenzy could make some hilarity, but then I really think about it, and I'm like, it'd be more of that, like, converting a side-scroller to first-person is awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. And that's a three-quarter view, and that's... Yeah. And the isometric weirder. views are hard, and, yeah. There's, there's a lot, I'd say, that would need to go into it. I think action-adventure games are difficult because how do you truly immerse, like, a double-jump system... I mean, I think Metroid Prime did a good job of that, but it pretty much, like, the animation for your character was meant to be, like, flips still, but it would just have you double jump in your helmet like normal, and it's it throws I you mean, off. until we get to that Ready Player One point where you jump and then do a flip in the air. I'm, Cause that would be funny to see all the people that just, like, fall. Like, well, in real and, life, fall because <laughs> the animation in the helmet. Oh, God, what the fuck? That, that's, that's uh, I mean, uh, it's... The best visual representation I have of it at the moment is uh, the Animus from the Assassin's Creed movie. Yeah, that's oh okay. I where it's about. like I finally oh, saw that. Handle. By the way, uh, how do yeah. you feel? With yeah. depression it was yeah. depression. No, it was a hot mess. Okay, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, I don't sorry. know why. I I'll it. get around to it eventually. No, yeah. I mean, if and you feel the same. It, if you want to borrow it? I have it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that Animus is exactly how I imagined. Like uh, from the end of Ready Player One, it okay. has something exactly like that. Except I think it, you know, it's a lot of real estate here, so yeah. to speak. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's a big room, but that's all he owns mm-hmm. because his entire game it's is life. his world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point to make. Is like if you were to do this, like it's just to bring full circle with the backwards compatibility, like that would be psychotic in a way to try and. <laughs> logistically do all those updates and stuff for all that stuff yeah Um, that's a good point so the last thing they touched on was how spencer feels about the direction of console iterations going forward this being a hot topic in the industry as in general because with the way that hardware is coming out i don't think generally the vibe is that no one foresees another uh from a software interface front no more iterations on that front Mm -hmm. that pretty much the ps4's platform interface the xbox one's platform interface are so well done that we don't need to become iterative on that Mm -hmm. and that in a way most of them are thinking that um kind of a phone the way that phones upgrade work and then the way that software integrates yeah yeah that's been the rumor it's like a sliding window so to speak so let's say that like a game comes out it'll say for instance this is compatible with ps4 ps4 pro and then whatever the ps after whatever if we're gonna follow phones five because frankly yeah. that's galaxy that's probably where, six you know like, that's probably um, where playstation's going anyway right I, but then what you have is then you have this sliding window everything that comes after that point is still compatible with it but it's only compatible for those two or three tire or 
consoles that match up with its or, 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 uh, software um, architecture. So I bring that up because this also references backwards compat. That essentially what that means is going forward, backwards compat will kind of be in, integrated without intending it to be in a way because all the future consoles will then, because it's the same software architecture, still feed backwards through everything. It's just giving it more power to run off of. Um, I say that because obviously Microsoft is pretty much like, fuck yeah, let's get everything on here. And, and Spencer spoke to that point. He's like, we're starting to get to a point where the history of gaming, that it's kind of like films. Like at a point, you have to see Citizen Kane when it comes to films. If you're a film fan, you have to see something like that. Yeah. The yeah, I, I agree. I, I won't. I won't. Yeah. I, there's, there's 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 gradients and nuance. No, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, as a everyone simple, has their own opinion. As too. a simple, yeah. Yeah. But you gotta watch it. You gotta yeah. watch it. But as a simple, like, driving the point home, there's certain pieces within the history of a medium that you need to experience. And he's like, that's the whole reason why I've been pushing so hard for, like, getting original Xbox on Xbox One. <laughs> Which I'm like, I Which can is, totally agree yeah. with. Like, from that mindset, Absolutely that's true. So. Um, he's like, you know, what's crazy is when you talk to some of the younger gamers and they say they grew up playing Halo. And you're like, and they're these both of those guys are, like, in their 40s. And they're just like... Oh God! Like, yeah, yeah, that throws me way off because I grew up playing like Blasteroids, you know that sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, that's the reality of the world we live in. We have a lot of people that were five when Halo CE dropped, and they're playing professionally now in their twenties because yeah. time has passed, or they're you know early, yeah, because that's what time does. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> with that being said, and you know, Halo and everything else that's going to be dropping on that system. I mean, it's launching with Crimson Skies and Fusion Frenzy. Which, Crimson Skies. Is I adore Crimson Skies, man. Yeah. That was such a good title. It's a good game. A super fun game. And Fusion Frenzy was, I mean, I played Great. The demo. It was a fantastic party game. And Definitely I played the demo in excess on Combat Evolved. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is exactly... Because yep. I didn't play Munch's Odyssey apart from the one time I touched it on the, the on specifically the demo. And I was like, and I'm not touching what? this demo again. I didn't even play it on the demo. I bought it a couple years later so I, I have it, it on PlayStation I, I got it for plus yeah. on PlayStation <laughs> yeah, for free makes sense. <laughs> but that's where yeah, we're at yeah, I think okay. with the advent of this coming what do we want to see migrate to that platform how do we want to experience these titles well okay so we got like <laughs> every single right yeah every single one the of these games for the most part right you here. can just go ahead and you know put onto the Xbox One X the Xbox. What's funny is if they do that iterative, oh, follow, if they change to a, a numbering the system. One, the next one is Xbox One X Roman numeral one. Well, so, so then, so the then what, it, well, what? They don't, they don't give the ridiculous <laughs> uh, number or the like written out. It would just be X period B period O period oh, no, X no, no, period and then the, Roman the B numeral. is part of the first one, so it'd be X B period O X period X period. All right, I'm Roman over numeral that one. So you, regardless, the next can, iterative console. Can someone take that entire segment of you like talking about it and just like zoom in on my face and please <laughs> isolate and then put Hello Darkness, my own friend, and like yeah, the just back. play over Let's it. See, that, that's what. Just had happened. you not said that, I would have done it, but now I don't want to. Well, anyway, do it anyways. Uh, if you want to bring these uh, classic Xbox games to the Xbox, that would be great, Phil Spencer. Every That's a good start. All of these are fantastic points. Every of, single one of these right so here. So the hard thing with a lot of these, but also the easy thing with some of them, is licensing. Yep. Um, LucasArts being one that I'm curious of. I feel like they wouldn't mind putting like the Battlefronts, but I feel like with the direction of, Co of Old Republic, they may not touch the KOTOR stuff. 
Yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, it's a moving target with that one. At that point, I, I don't think, think any. Uh, maybe actually no. All right. So Star Wars wise, yeah, Battlefronts. Yep. Probably not actually, because they want to focus on the new the Battlefronts battle front, as the premium experience. Which is fine. That could be it's a problem fine. with the licensing. Sure. Um, Kotor. Great question. There's a legacy and a lineage with those games. They are beloved by the gaming community, let alone Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Does it conflict with the vision that Lucas, like arts and now film, is going with their extended universe? Probably and possibly. I don't know if they would make it or not, but that's the thing. They are beloved Xbox, classic Xbox games. Like yep. The Xbox was sold with Halo and fucking KOTOR. And That's what yep. made people buy that console. Jet so, Set Radio Future. Jet Set Radio that's Future. Mm, that's coming. That's yeah, got to be coming. Gotta be. That's going to be there. That's got to yeah. be coming. Um, so maybe one. I doubt two. I see potential on both fronts. Um, I doubt two heavily as well for KOTOR. Um, Even though I love the lore with Kraya. Dude. Dude, is they the, and then the, the cleaned up mar- like of... fighting system into the t- the two fighting system with the stances so and everything better. was superb. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of. Good, it's just had a lot of rushing and um, what needs with it. and and really what needs to happen with those games is they need that reboot of this. Yeah, is we've spoken about that before. That they, really, if they want to, if they want to establish a continuity of the history of, and legacy of it, like the true. Like legacy, not in the term legacy that they use for their hot button word, but I mean like right. the legacy, the, the, the definition, the actual, <laughs> the actual uh, timeline yeah. of yeah, that they would need to address that to some degree because mm-hmm. they're not, they're half committing with the whole old republic stuff they're putting out on that right. MMO. They're half committing on a lot of that well, stuff. Well, they and, they only can because it's not true canon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same token, they recognize that like Revan is such a fan favorite that they pretty much are going to have to put him in there somewhere in the history. And on top of that, uh, Revan's she's confirmed. Thank God, she's confirmed. The reason why Revan's best, best, best disciple, Bane. Also, Bane's confirmed. Also, the greatest. That was in... greatest Sith ever. I think. Uh, yeah, like no, like there's there's some soft confirmations of these characters now existing in canon. It's just that the way their stories are told, I think they want to mine that material and repurpose it, yep. much like they've done Thrawn yeah. and other things. Yeah, and that's, and we, need, we talked about that five times. Yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah. So yeah, I I just I just don't know if they could get the licensing out of Lucas Arts the hard, for that game. The other thing is the price points because at the end of the day like Lucasfilm is going to establish and this is true of all the games we're going to talk about is that the company that owns the rights are going to put up a price for the licensure. And that's what I'm meaning and with like Microsoft EA. is going to look at the demand and see if the demand matches up with that price point and justify paying it out and getting the licenses or deciding it's not worth the, the dollar value. Yeah. And that and that's where like I'm really curious about the Star Wars games even though like kind of like what I was saying before even Caspian mm-hmm. I think Star Wars is like best on the Xbox console. It was like oh, yeah. the best console for Star Wars games. Yep. Um, I would say though that they're the hardest to get out for the original Xbox system because you know they have now a partnership with EA and the fact that LucasArts and the people that they partnered with previously too, some of these publishers are just gone. Bioware with the KOTOR is, is a, always a possibility because that would be right. the easiest to tie in, but Pandemic with the earlier Battlefront games, I just don't think that's happening. 
Because pandemic's like gone, been yeah. dead since yeah. 07. So yeah, so where are those licenses now? Are they just back to LucasArts? And then would LucasArts care to like put them out back into the market? I'm checking I don't something care. real quick. I don't so know. I'm curious. Because um, if something is licensed, probably for PlayStation now from the original PS1, it's entirely plausible, or PS2, that uh, it's entirely plausible that Microsoft could easily get the licensure since it's yeah. already kind of out there. So I was yeah. just gonna try and. Um, Locate and that then real quick. Going on to the obvious things, uh, brute force. Oh, brute yeah. force, yes. Uh, brute force was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was what all was right, that? but like it was like Halo, and I would rather play Halo. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that other Lucasfilm game that came out on the Xbox that was not attached to any other franchise that they did? It had like ridiculous characters, land shark gun. Oh crap! Uh, give me one sec. I can easily find this. That land shark gun pretty much is a tell. It's yeah, one of the silly. I remember that existing. Saints Row. No. <laughs> I mean, I want to believe armed it. Armed and dangerous. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was an Xbox original oh, title. That was man. a crazy kooky story. Armed and dangerous. Is that a? Was that a robot? I don't remember. It, a robot Maybe. was in it. The um, main character was kind of like a Han Solo knockoff. And the robot was a C-3PO knockoff as well as HK-47 knockoff. Okay. It had, you know, Lucasfilm Mash kind of followed its normal, like, parameters of, let's take our own oh, I remember repurpose. Um, oh, and now that I'm thinking about it, though. And uh, it had, like, I, a ratchet and clinky and kind of just yeah, yeah, yeah. goofy quirkiness. Um, I'm yeah. thinking of uh, glitching the system. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think they could... I, I think Bethesda would be willing to partner up with them and let them repurpose Morrowind yes, for sure. OG. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I think that because would they, make... you know, they haven't had an original idea in at least eight years. So <laughs> we got to keep going back to the old stuff. <laughs> yeah. You that me. hurts my soul. You hey, right. Wolfenstein has was been it, a was refreshing. Not an original idea. But, but, not but original the way idea. they've done it Doom, has been... not no, okay, original I, 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 <laughs> But they've repurposed it I'll to make it fun you, and, 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 and new. They made a good repurposed game. They made it, a good it, reboot. It, it, they've modernized but, it well. That's all I'm saying. But, oh, yeah. But you're right. Yeah. They need another idea. Yeah, another, idea. Even another same world. Put me in elsewhere. I don't care. Give me something. Um, There's the list. Of and then uh, all the Halos, obviously. Halo 1 and 2 was coming. Uh, Mech Warrior? Oh, my God, yes. Mech Warrior? Oh, yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah. Mech Warrior. Yeah. Yep, that's the one that would need. I, oh, I man, if they brought on the online functionality for 2, oh, Mech yeah. Warrior 2 would be oh, so much God. fun to play on Xbox. Absolutely. Xbox 6. Just Xbox. Xbox 6. <laughs> Uh yeah, that would be a lot of fun to play again. I would be so down to play that. Uh, actually, what could arguably be the first Galactic Conquest version? Because Mech Warrior Two had that like insane mode where you would go from like place to place to place. Yep. Do you remember that? I yep. do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they did that for Battlefront Two. But, but let's also think about it. That kind of plays towards Titanfall. Like, sure, but 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 I'm saying like the license though. Oh yeah, no, I think it would be easy to, to yeah, obtain. Absolutely. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. Because um, they were partnered uh, exclusively and, with you know, Xbox and for whatever it? for whatever reason. My yeah, brand so was, it was a Microsoft like, Studio yeah. production, but it was created by oh, somebody else. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, I think Mech was up. in their name. I think, yeah, I'm gonna look. Mech. I'm gonna look up the person who made Mech Warrior because I want to see if that would come back. I really love those games. Yeah, I'm kind of just going through like the PlayStation now because obviously, like I said, like a lot of the PS2 era stuff 
equates to the Xbox original stuff, and unless it's like a first party game, it's kind of up in the air. And I'm just curious what's present. Um, nothing. You know, what'd be interesting is some of the uh, Xbox original Xbox era uh, Mortal Kombat games. Activision. Mm. Activision and Dynamics. Interesting. Which I don't think Dynamics is a thing anymore. No. Yeah. Um, Probably got eaten by somebody else. Yeah, Activision still. Um, But that was Activision and Activision. That was straight Activision. So Dynamics might have been dead at that point. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's So this is interesting. Now, we I forget. MechWarrior Online is a current, like, kind of thing. And... That released back in 2013, and it's like playable on PC. It's kind of like an online multiplayer game, perpetually, and that kind of like, yeah, you know, we're not really doing much with the game. People come in and come out, and they pay their battle packs and stuff like that. Right. Um, and that is developed by Piranha Games. So I wonder if Ooh, Activision is leasing their license to them. Uh, in which case, then, if Activision was willing to partner back up with Xbox, we could see those come back to the uh, Xbox which would be yeah, cool. pro- uh, program. Which would be really yep. But if they now own the license and they bought it out from Activision, then that could be troubling. Yeah. Again, a lot of stuff that we just don't, not known quality or quantities coming around with all this. Um, how is this laid out? This is real dumb. Okay, anyway. Um, but yeah, like I would I would love to see all of the Star Wars games come back obviously cuz my Absolutely. the greatest Xbox gaming memories I have is with those titles. It's just now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, like we've been saying many many times, uh the licensing would be could be problematic. It's the biggest hurdle yeah. realistically speaking. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't oh. know if they would come back or not. Sorry. A great one. Meh. Riddick Oh, Escape from yeah. Butcher, Butcher Bay, Bay, man. That one I oh, always wanted to play, and I yeah. just never got around it's to. It's such a good game. It's so good. Surprisingly yeah. it good. It also tells you the history of like how he got his eyes shot. Yeah, yeah. And the, because the best Riddick movie was uh, Pitch, Pitch Black. Black, yeah. I mean, and that... Uh, and self-titled. So that was Riddick, right after... Was yeah, Riddick was awesome. It, it, um, it harkened heavily to Pitch but, Black. But <laughs> it really did. But yeah, no. But yeah, no, like, uh, that just... I loved that that one was the story of right before Pitch Black, mm-hmm. and then there was the story between, which was another game. Yeah, and and that one that one was for Xbox 360, though. If yeah, I'm not yeah. Here you was. go, uh, uh, Doom Three, Dark Athena, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Doom Dark 3. Athena wasn't as good though. No, um, it wasn't. But Doom Three, the original, when it remember, I remember with that one, they're like, we've mastered the newest shaders for lighting. <laughs> To give you the scariest, <laughs> most immersive feeling game ever, and it was just. And if you play it on PC, you there was a mod that let you tape a, t- a flashlight to your gun, so you wouldn't have to switch between the two, and you beat the system. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a PC, yeah, right? Yeah, You're like uh, there's a problem here. Yeah. I have to switch the flashlight. <laughs> hold, on, just... hold on, hold on, hold on. I have an idea. Tape. Done. That's, yeah. Done. God, that was the smartest. Um, yeah, Morrowind. Let's see what else is on this list. Uh, oh yeah, John Luke said this one the other day. Fable and Fable the Lost Chapters, the original. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, Fable the original was the only real Fable that I enjoyed, I remember. Me too. Like, when so I really I'd get be, break it yeah. down, yes, it stands absolutely. above the others. Yeah. Molly New hadn't gone completely Molly New by that point. Yeah, Molly knew the fuck out of it yet. Oh, my God. Um, And that that's just so disappointing. Here's one with the worst. I mean, we get it. I think it's in the uh, Rare collection, but uh, grabbed by the Ghoulies. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you guys ever play that one? Uh, yeah, I remember. I, I remember I having multiple gaming mags that talked about you it. Know, okay. You know, you know the one I really kind of I wanted to play it so badly, and I could never get around to getting it. Stubbs and the zombie. Oh yeah, it yeah. was the one where you yeah could, like, you, you played as a zombie. Yeah, and you infected other people, and they all hoarded around you. But you could rip off your own arm, throw, throw it, it, and like see through it. That yep. was the coolest. There was a thought. whole lot of cool stuff going on with that one. And I I had a, a game design class a couple of years ago where I designed that game as a two D side scroller, and unfortunately never made it. But it was the greatest plan I ever had, and I want to <laughs> make it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still trying to kind of go through here. Uh, you got some of the Odd World games, of course. Uh, Stranger's Wrath being the bigger one, in my oh opinion. Oh my god, Stranger's Wrath is really great. Fucking love that game. Just thought about something. Okay. Beyond Good and Evil. I the forget original. that I that mean, was a multi-platform game because I, I yep. people like only tell me about like the GameCube version of it, but it did come out for Xbox, Microsoft, mainly, Windows, and PlayStation Two. It was marketed on Xbox too at yeah. the time. Like was it? Really? I, don't, I, I didn't even remember. Honestly, it. I didn't realize it was multi-platform until you said that. I, I yeah, knew, that's why I knew it was Xbox and to look PS2. It I just didn't know it was. Yeah. I didn't even know it was GameCube. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was um, Xbox for sure. See, that's but. funny. How our how our earlier memories. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I guess I used to only get Xbox mags back in the day. So I definitely that did. Yeah. I only got Nintendo for a while. Yeah. OXM, dude. That's where it was. Um, some of the American McGee games, uh, which those are always the hell is fucking. That? So American McGee is a, it's sort of like a Tom Clancy, but for like quirky, weird, dark stuff. He did uh, okay. the original like uh, Alice, oh whatever Madness, uh, uh, and then the to sequel. Well, Return to Madness was the sequel. But the original uh, was like. I think it was just called Ma- American McGee's Alice in Wonderland, and it was just a crazy. Fucking I think it was just Alice. Something that was the sequel, Alice. But yeah. Because I, I know for a fact it was American McGee's Alice in Wonderland was mm-hmm. the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had some of those games, which they're just quirky weird. You got some of the old things? serious Sams that can come back. Yeah. Uh, I just thought about it because <laughs> I, I waited Duke. because I, the no, new, yeah. the latest fighting games in the series have been ridiculous. And now they're like uh, caricatures of themselves. But DOA 3 was a fun ass fighter. It really and was. And that could come back. And I think that was the, the first, best DOA. The yeah. first fighting game to have transitions. Yeah, of yeah. sort. Yeah, yeah of sort. you could knock them around into other areas and things like that. You had like a, I mean, there was a verticality to that game that was lot. really fun. It was really uh, great. The tag system was really good in that game, and uh, the counter system worked very, very well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best ways that it worked. Um, and then you could also do Red Dead Revolver. Yep. Yeah, Red Dead Revolver could be I interesting really to go back like to. to. See yep. Where that story all came from. yeah because yeah. because redemption is really what made that series but revolver was there first and there, there revolver had to had be some star cast to, too. yeah for yeah. the time for the time yeah almost every main character in that game was a major actor that was i would love thing. to go back because i i don't i never played that game i only it, played redemption it did have one interesting mechanic that actually is a good precursor to uh overwatch when i think about it uh really so you had a meter that would fill up, and once it hit, yeah, essentially, it was the same mechanic as the high noon mechanic. So you would activate it, it would give you slow-mo, and you could then target, lock a few oh, spots, yeah, yeah, and the speed shot. Well, that's what they kind of yeah, did, did in Redemption, but made well. it better, too. Exactly. Yeah. So they, yeah. they revised a bunch of stuff, oh, but it was all from first person. Revolver interesting. was interesting in that regard. It was Rockstar's first Gun attempt at a first person something, yeah. title. Okay. That was... Yeah. Dude, I, I um Sudeki's one that I know is in high demand, but that's a Microsoft Game Studio game. It's an action-adventure, weird... Right. 
thing. So mm-hmm. that's gonna come back probably. Uh, all of those. The original uh, thief. The original thief. Oh, yeah. Um, that one weirdo car, pseudo card game that they were trying to remake for the Xbox One, they would obviously come back with that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I can't I remember. Phantom Dust, I think is the name of it. Yes. I don't That's what I mean. That. That's so Phantom Dust, Dust. Is, is still getting a remake on the Xbox One, supposedly. Are they still moving with that? Yep. And Jesus. then they're also simultaneously working on a sequel, which is probably what's slowing down the remake. Probably, yeah. Because they're trying to streamline it so that when you play the one, you also okay. play the other. I guess that makes sense. Flows. Yeah. But yeah, Phantom Dust, you're dead on. That's a great one. Uh, Unreal 2. The Unreal franchise come oh, again. Oh, that game was so much fun. Yeah. Yes, Unreal really Tournament was. Two. Oh my fucking god! I forgot how much fun that game was. Yep. Shout out to Brian Pepin for Fuck letting yeah. me play that game with him because that was the most badass game with the coup de gras that you could mm-hmm. do. The system yeah. was insane. I love that. Didn't, oh, I forgot about that. that. Was, three was crazy too. I, maybe I'm thinking of three actually. Both, now that I think about it. Three, yeah, three is the one that I'm thinking of. But yeah, but, two was same concepts, like just, same. Yeah. Yep. Um, for its time, it was a very interesting game. But Tom Clancy's uh, go uh, not Ghost Recon, but one. Tom Clancy's um, Splinter Cell. No, no, well, those Splinter, Splinter Cell. Cell. Oh, very good point. Always... Splinter Cells, and then um, the one I'm thinking of Rainbow is Six? yeah, Rainbow Six. Yeah, yeah Rainbow Six. And then the Ghost cool. Recon as well. They did have a Ghost Recon on the Xbox. Yeah. Island Thunder. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I remember one of the go- the the uh, Splinter Cell. Um, like uh, the Rainbow trilogy, were yeah, Rainbow Six were like okay, great, yeah. Original Splinter Cell trilogy was like, oh yeah. Well, there was one I that, think even um, more superior yeah. than the subsequent games. Maybe personally, uh, the fourth I, one. I can't was... remember them much. Fourth and Shit, fifth were rougher, in my opinion. But I can't remember the fourth one now. They went more like Jason Bornean with the storylines in in four and five. Uh, I know one through three was like a straight up like true yeah spy stealth. stealth yeah and I remember the the first one is the one that gave me true like anxiety mad <laughs> that love for that me. game it was like dude you gotta I not kill people because you that. only have like twelve shots the entire level yeah, yeah. you got you got six oh, bullets God. Uh, uh, and then in two they were like nah fuck it kill whoever yeah well there was one though that implemented Pandora voice commands tomorrow. that was kind of interesting for its time even though four. they kind of sucked I think it was four yeah because I remember Those Brian had that game and they were like. You can use hey, the voice command. Push connect. No, no, it was just with the headset. Yeah, it came yeah. out like, right three. after Halo 2 or right before. Was that was probably that? 3. Okay. 2 was the one where was... they introduced co-op, and that was the big revelation uh, for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. Pandora tomorrow. Yep. I don't remember the names, honestly. Fuck, what was the third Splinter one? Cell was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. Going back to that's, what you said. That's kind of the name. Yeah, that's a ton of fun. I would I would definitely love to And then you and I with our X-Men Legends love. Oh, God. I'm going to play so much fucking Legends. I sure hope they do that. Legends and Legends 2... Man, I know. Talk about licensing problems. If they can get yeah, around the licensing issues, goddamn, would it be so much fun to play them again? Them do that one, yeah. Um, but yeah, beyond that, like, I mean, you had some weird shit like Voodoo Vince that was just a fucking weird game. Uh, Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. That's not, I played that's that on thing? GameCube a lot. Is that a thing? That's that was thing, fun. Yeah. That was a fun platformer. Huh. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of the Links. <laughs> You remember blurred out blinks? Blinks, blinks. The, blink the time sweeper. Yeah, no, no. What's hilarious is actually Spencer brought that one up. He's like, because he's like, 
Yeah, so, you know, we have people that want to play certain games. We're launching with, you know, Crimson Skies and Fusion Frenzy. He's like, you know, I love the, these Can't games. Gertzman's like, yeah, my, my wife just the last week wanted to play Sudeke, so I had to pull out, like, go into the garage, pull out my Rubbermaids and find the Xbox and find all that stuff, get it hooked yep. up so she could play it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a great one. That's an Xbox original. He's like, and then you got some weird people that like Blinks and want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just that like, was weirdos. Thank you, thank that you was for a game. it what it is. Uh, it was and definitely then, a game. Uh, what was the other one I was thinking about? Um speaking of like a lot of games that were cross-platform yeah. but things that would be awesome to go back to i'd love to play tony hawk underground frankly oh the original. yeah yeah original thug yeah original thug thug 2 thug i played two. thug 2 immensely Man, on the i Xbox. really wanted that see one. mine mine was always uh underground for me tony hawk underground was like well that's thug was T- that what T-H- it was called yeah thug was the acronym for tony hawk underground oh was it well, yeah, so, and then I was, never called it that. Yeah, and then there was Thaw, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Fuck that game. Yeah, <laughs> it, um, was, it was bad, but I liked the. I liked the ultimate two, skate park. Two X. I had two X, which was a remastered two with some levels from one thrown in, and it was exclusive okay. to the original Xbox. Are we? Is that Thug Two or was no no Pro Tony skater? Hawk's Pro Skater Two X Two X yeah. was a remaster of two oh, with levels yeah, from yeah, one yeah, yeah, exclusive yeah. to the original Xbox. I remember that. Oh, yeah. so that's one that could come back. That uh, was great. It was was SS tricky. Yeah, no, yeah. SS tricky. Well, I think so. No, uh, you know what it was that they got? It was um, oh, fuck. What's amped? Amped. Okay. Amped one and two. Uh, they, that was that was Microsoft. So yeah, they were pretty decent. Um, okay. They were they were pitched as more like the real realistic counterpart to what SSX was doing. Oh okay. Um, like, Which so that'll come back easily. Yeah, didn't so that, that's a need the realistic part. Like, no, nah, but it was SSX it was still was enjoyable. Awesome. Um, Amped was pretty fun too. Um, trying to think what else really kind of landed well and should be revisited because that's the other part is you remember there was i'm looking at this list and it's like there's several hundred games well, and i'm just like a good I, like i no, think 60 percent no, are no, bad i think no. gamers don't appreciate the time splitters too oh yeah, yeah that would be good one most but that's, people played it on gamecube but another problem though i believe that's a lucas arts game ea or wait sorry isn't that idos oh okay, I okay. well I that one was on idos the first one was an ea Oh, okay. So I take it back. I thought, uh, I, thought I don't it was know. Lucas Arts Who, for some I feel reason. like Idos is gone now, though. I feel like, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure Idos was gone. So wonder where that license went. Um, Defunct uh, as of Road 9. Yeah. Oh, Square Enix owns it now. Square oh, owns okay. it? Well, yeah, in that case. It's possible to come back. Free money, maybe? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can totally just take this thing, whatever. Yeah, have at it. Give us um, a What am I thinking about? Um, there was one that was just on my mind. Mm-hmm, Tipitone. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I forgot it, but cool. my point is, though, I was, I was going to make another point where yeah. it was, I think gamers don't appreciate the fact that, yeah, these kind of games that we have in front of you right now, all classics, like Star Wars was amazing in that time, and we had the Halos, and we had all of these like weirdo fun games, but there was a ton of shit, too, especially when you think about, like at the time, uh, movie tie-in games that yeah. were really, really terrible. You know, Ooh. Um, Ooh. I remember there were a lot of bad X Men games. A lot of bad, like I mean, <laughs> oh look at this. Like yeah. there's SpongeBob titles that I remember were pretty awful games yeah. as games. Oh yeah, the movie, uh, the game. Oh, do you remember that? that um, that oh, one cart? Oh my no, God. Uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> crew. It was like Rocket Power or something like yeah, yeah. that. That game was terrible. Oh, yeah. I fucking hated that awful. game. The um, Rocket Power game. Too. Spawn remember, like, Armageddon was atrocious. <laughs> 
It was an action. So <laughs> Caliber 2 can come back to the Xbox. I love how this went from, I know, that's, that's from the best game. Soul Calibur 2, please come back with the spawn as the yeah, extra character. Yeah. Yes. He was fun to play in that game. But yeah, yeah. That, that game's terrible. Oh, I was thinking, yeah. when you, I don't know why, but when you said DOA earlier, I was thinking of Soul Calibur. I don't know why. Hmm. I know they're very different, but... They're, I mean, they actually are very similar. They both similar, have similar yeah. Modulation. Yeah, but yeah. it was like um, DOA was... More for the throwing some Tekkens there too, and that yeah. and that and that yeah. whole realm. Yeah, yeah. All three of those kind of have no, the same no, Virtua Fighter. They all have that Virtua same Fighter. like that same concept. Feel. Simpsons Hit and Run would be one I'd love to see. Oh again yeah, sure. was that good, dude? That Hit was Run one, was the best. Simpsons that was one of the ever. first games we bonded over, man. I remember. I never that. played that. So one. it was basically Simpsons meet GTA. Yeah, GTA can That's come back. Exactly. I almost forgot about three. GTA. Yeah. Three, oh, the yeah. entire and, three trilogy. Uh, Vice, and Vice, so three, three, which was the Liberty City. Then you have Vice, and you have San Andreas. All three were on original Xbox. Yep. Okay. I never played San Andreas. Though. Neither have I. No. Um, always meant to, but just never did. Um, yeah, you've got you just got looking down this list. You just got a shit ton. I think there's a rabbit hole that we just yeah, got yeah. into. Um, we're like well, I'm, trying like, to the, crawl back out of. Yeah, it's not. I think, I think a good way to put it is if it was any sort of tie-in outside of like the first two Spider-Man games. You're kind of looking down a shitty game. Yeah. Put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, you're looking at pretty much just anything that was really like broke new ground or really cleaned up a genre. So coming back home with what oh, we were talking oh, about with oh. X. What did you ask? Sorry. Uh, the best Sims platform. like Sims 2, busting no, out. Busting out. That's exactly what it was. Busting out was the greatest Sims. It gave a campaign to the Sims. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Which was cool. It finally gave directions. So when you open the game up and <laughs> you have to make your character, like you're moving out of your mom's house in the first like chapter. Second uh-huh. chapter is you're living with a shitty roommate and you're trying to move out of that place, but you're also trying to get a better job. Yeah. And so like it progresses your life through the campaign. Okay. Yeah, but it was, it was way, really cool. What's the money is it sets you up in the first, first thing you do in the game is you live in a dream. Yeah. Without having a fancy house and a hot chick wife and like hot tub in your home and like this really ritzy place, you wake up from your dream and your mom's yelling at you to move out. Yeah. So out you're working way back to that dream. And you and you the game. I think my favorite part is that you jump on your little moped and just drive away and then you you're renting get to a house from place. a guy. And yeah, yeah, the, you're renting a room. The guy's like, and I'm also moving in, by the way, and you're like, Oh, and yeah, it no, Dudley, it's like it's Dudley either shithead. It's either Dudley's <laughs> Harry <trailer>. Potter, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah honestly, he would Dudley leave from Harry Potter in like, fire burns. He was the worst. He well, and clean. his sister like, was even worse. Yeah, man. It, was, it was awful. It was funny. Like it was a really, it was the best way to move Sims from a normal like PC game to what console needed it. To well, be. and the uh, it was great. The building in that was actually one of the better. Yeah, like the way you'd map it, you just like hold trigger. And then move, and that's yeah. where you'd be like, "Oh, there's a whole wall now." Like it was never complicated. It was never like yeah, weird. Like, it was that clean. was I think the most clean. Uh, it really kind of jumped in a, a way console. was a good way for them to reference for Forge in Halo. Absolutely, they used they used that heavily, which that's something that would need to come back if two like with three. I mean, um, which you know, yeah, with two, well, two, yeah, sorry. Three is the one that had Forge. Three had Two Forge did not have it. Mm-hmm. Two did not. That's I right. just had a revelation. Mercenaries. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. But Absolutely. But Pandemic as well, so I'm not sure where that license went. I forget who bought Pandemic. I'll look it up in a sec because it's on here. Yeah, but, first, um, I played that first demo. Do you remember Panzer, Mercenaries? I played the crap out of the first Dragoon demo. Or the second oh, Panzer Dragoon. I loved that game. People do love that game. It's a great on-rails 
dragon I shooter. I that one. I have it. Okay. It's it, I mean, okay. it, it, as as a premise, like, when do you have games that allow you to like be on a dragon and like live out your dragon fantasies? And your dragon's shooting different kinds of lasers based on the mods. Yeah, brought. it's fucking insane. Cool. From its face. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, it had a weird, like, very convoluted storyline about like it's kind of like the Gundam series in yeah. that context, where it was like, "There's this weird empire, and you're not part of the empire, and you're fighting it." And it's like, so go, it gets really convoluted. Fight but at the guys. end of the day, you're on a dragon killing things, so that's really what mattered. Yeah. <laughs> Go fight those guys. I'm on a dragon. So yeah, it was actually, you know what a good way to put it? It was Sega's version of Star Fox. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you do mm-hmm. target locking and all that stuff. So, um, uh, I mean, I guess they could put out a dynasty, a couple of dynasty warriors. I can't. They could always, but they, those, those those early dynasty warriors were shit. In they my were opinion. hard and stupid all at once. You, you couldn't see shit in those games. No, you couldn't. Um, where the fuck? They were hard and stupid. Yeah, so I think I think at the end of the day, we, we're we're definitely getting to the point where we're saying like, there's a large enough library that they could easily move a bunch of stuff that they have the control of if they don't have it. Uh, that's right. So Mech Warriors were known as Mech Assault on Xbox. I forgot yes. that was because I was like, Mech Warrior doesn't sound right, but like I remember Mech Warrior being constantly used in the game, yeah. and it's because <laughs> Mech Assault was the yeah. Microsoft version. Yeah, exactly. But but they are, if I'm not mistaken, a part of the same franchise. They are. They absolutely yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, they all exist after, I think, 3. Mech Warrior 3, the proper. Yeah, so it went Mech Warrior 3, and then I think Mech Assault 1 and 2 yep. were immediately. Yep. Okay. Yep, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, too. But... Um, I'm just curious. I'm going to look it up. Who bought Pandemic? Because we have quite a bit. I was thinking about it. Like, that's also who owns the uh, Destroy All Humans 1 and 2 is Pandemic. But and wasn't Destroy 2. All Humans Xbox 360? No, no. The second one might have been, but the first one was definitely. I think the second one was okay. one of those swing games where it was on both. Yeah. The first one was guaranteed on Xbox original. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. No, that would be I, a fun game have... to play again. I have them both for original. I just got it on PS4 right now, but uh, they were PS2 and Xbox original titles. Um, Cool. And then what was the... uh, And that's actually, yeah, like you said, Mercenaries, Battlefront, uh, The Saboteur was was. the last game they worked on. The last... No. um, (laughs) The third Destroy All Humans game was 360. They also did Clone Wars for uh, GameCube, so shout out to that one. Cool. Yeah, so they were purchased by. I really would love to pop in Republic Commando though on yeah. Xbox. I, I'm thinking that too, man. That I played, you know, and I feel bad because I keep saying oh, Republic Commando was awesome. Republic Commando was awesome. I never played the full game. I played the demo over no! and over and over. I know. No. I know. But Republic oh, Commando. You you owe it to yourself. I man. do. I know. Yeah, that because I have that game. It's I I replayed it so many times. It's incredible. I love yeah, it. Dude, oh, just that, just the demo over and over and over. And I Which was I like, did that this a lot is too. amazing. And then I played it finally, and I yeah, loved it. I yeah. need to. The, that game also was one of those ones that like ramped up really hard at one point in the game, and it was around the the Kashyyyk levels and decided to right. just skyrocket. Dude, Kashyyyk. Well, Kashyyyk is so hard, fucking hard. Yeah. Um, but that's the fun of that game, though. It made you feel like the Republic commandos. Uh, we're actually going through some shit in those movies because at the time when this came out, there was very little in the Star Wars universe to really get excited about because everything was kind of shitty. Yeah, because this was this was right along the tie-in of the 
Clone Wars animated series, which the animated series was also excellent at that it time. Really yeah, not yeah. not not the one that came the, after the Gendi Tartakovsky. The Gendi Tartakovsky. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, those yep. were awesome. Yes. Yep. The one that stands out from that for me was the the one with Grievous. Like the first time you see Grievous mm-hmm. and like takes the out way, entire platoon. The way they shot that yeah. whole moment was incredible. That actually made me fear Grievous too. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. He wasn't cartoony. Which was funny because he's a cartoon. Yeah, he yeah, was no, a cartoon. Right. <laughs> but well, yeah, Gendy's always like, had. I mean, as we saw with the new Samurai, Samurai Jacks, Jacks, like, oh he's, yeah, he's got a taste for more mature kind of content, which is awesome. Um, but still, shout out to Powerpuff Girls, OG, Powerpuff Girl, uh, Dexter's Lab, going as far One back. One of my favorites. Yeah. What are you doing in my laboratory? Um, Didn't Gendy do uh, Fosters as well? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. No. Um. Anyways, so Pandemic got er, closed by EA. Uh-huh. So EA technically owns the rights to all those games, which makes perfect sense because they're in control of Battlefront right now. Again, just, just continuing that ownership. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the employees split up and are now part of uh, 343, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Respawn. So they're pretty much working on all the Call of Duties and Halo games. Okay. Well, I mean, the point being, though, if EA chose to and Lucasfilm allowed them to, a lot of those games could come back to the OG system. I mean, and that's, if we're being honest, that's true of all those bigger companies. We're looking at Ubisoft. We're looking at, uh, I mean, Prince of Persia, the trilogy. Oh, yeah. Fucking. Oh, I see. I played those games. on GameCube, so that's why my memories are attached I, to I'm them. I'm fragmented. I, got, I had uh, original Xbox, had original Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. GameCube has Warrior Within. And then I had, uh, I think... I didn't play a three. Wii version of the third one. Two really? Thrones, which, uh, well, it, it was a good, good bad, ah, good bad. Okay, you wanted to love it, but you knew that it wasn't as good as the other two. Gotcha. Yeah, we, uh, which also just three in general was just a ch- fucking shit show of a game. Uh, it's a pro- un, like oddly they yeah. just fell apart there. Um, yeah. To answer my earlier question, no, Craig McCracken. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, no. Bring uh, it back. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of titles that could easily come back and should come back in some Absolutely capacity. It's should. one of those things where, I, as I'm thinking about it now, even some of the games we're talking about were cool enough to have <coughs> previous iterations on their titles. So, like, I remember Prince Persia uh, Sands of Time, for instance, there were certain hidden areas where if you knew, like, hidden walls and stuff, if you knew it would break down this wall, you'd go behind the wall and you'd go down a tunnel and, oh, now you're playing the original Prince of Persia that came out on the NES. Or oh, you go down a different Lord. one, it was, a, it was the sequel. They did that all in the Sands of Time, all those secret levels. Overlord so, was original, wasn't it? Which one? Overlord? Or was that 360? Oh, no, um, I think it's 360. Pretty sure that's 360. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because... In yeah, which bumpers. case, you could possibly play yeah. it on the Xbox right now, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there, was a, there was PC a final statement well, but... piece that matters to this from Spencer, and that's that he's going to make... Sh- he can confirm that the original Xbox backwards compat will not have as extensive of a list as the 360 backwards compat, which is kind of... Which a, then uh, also takes away a lot of what we were talking about, unfortunately. Yeah. Well... Not necessarily because, I mean, we listed probably about less than 50 games, and he said they're not going to go over, like, a couple hundred, considering the, the list for 360 has now grown right. to, like, an insane number. got to remember that most of those games he's talking about are, I mean, hoping, I'm hoping they're going to be the good ones, but a lot of games that came out were crap. No, you're not wrong. So we're going to get a smattering of those. No, yeah. It's going to be a mixed bag, which is not necessarily an issue but by the but by the way he desires it it's gonna be curated to the ones that are better um 
better titles in general. Right. Um, something else he spoke about is that because of the hardworking dedication from their emulator team that's running those Xbox 360 and Xbox original emulators, they've somehow mastered a way to utilize the technology in a way that makes them run more, almost more efficiently than the original platforms. Which, is, which is a big step forward because, for instance, I bought Psychonauts on my 360, which is an emulation, and it was abysmal. Uh, the frame drops were Insane. almost unplayable. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where I think, yes, this is great, and I think this is has potential to grow beyond what we're even looking at right now. I think with the Game Pass 2, you have potential there to really dig into some of your history and put stuff out there that people can touch on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So... I think that's really about it. I'm excited for it. Uh, what's great about it, too, is I still love that you can daisy chain all Xbox systems <laughs> to play yeah. land. That's going to be... It just makes me laugh. That's just going to be weird. My brother and I were talking about possibly trying to do something with that because he, between he and I, we have all of them. Yeah, and, I yeah. do, I do too. Yeah. yeah, it'd be just fun to kind of see if that actually really does work. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, the question rises for me is like, hmm, will that actually be as good as they claim? That's no. a good point. No, it won't. <laughs> I, I'm already. I'm calling it. It's not going to. be I'm pretty good. much like like Halo It'll Combat Evolved happen. is the only one that really will be functioning correctly. I think so. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Halo Two. Uh, either way. Well, because at least CE got the remaster on 360, and you're able to run that on 360 right now. And in theory, with this update, that means that all those should be and able to the, just chain it together and drop into Blood Gulch and see so if that functions. Would, so would that, Xbox One? So, so would Halo 2. So Xbox One, you can pop in right. either version of Combat Evolved. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying, like, can you also LAN it? Yeah, Xbox so that's, yeah. what they're saying is that you can LAN in okay. every version to Xbox One X, Xbox One, Xbox now, 360, could, and Xbox. Could we try this one night? Yeah, we try it? Yeah, yeah, yeah we need to try it. But the they question... claiming that you can daisy chain all four iterations of their consoles. They're all technically like eight, if you want to get really technical, because all like the three different versions of three, 360 oh yeah, and all that. Don't like, worry about that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Four. We'll call it four. Yeah, four primary Xbox and consoles. Technically three, because Xbox One X is just a... Boost upgrade up Xbox. Yeah, yeah, but regardless, you can do it. I so. want to do it. I want to try it. Yeah, me yep. too. Let's do it. Um, so I'm stoked to try that out. Big question though is if I have uh, anniversary uh, or if if I have the Master Chief Collection and you're playing on uh, Halo Two, does that work? That's my that's that's where my questions begin to yeah. arise because they're saying that it's going to work. They're saying that. Um, It'll be robust and, you know, all that stuff that it'll actually have all the full features of a normal land situation. Right. But outside that, we don't really know the, any real logistics of it all. We, you know, this could also be just hype So, it's basically a play with it and we'll figure it out. Can you, yeah. just out of curiosity, because now I'm getting ideas for sure. fun parties in, in my head. Can you currently land two Xbox Ones together and do, like, a LAN Halo C yeah. anniversary yeah, remat like where it's like Halo one two three and four that that remaster yeah yeah fuck yeah can we do that yeah let's yeah. do that one. I don't know why we've never done this because you have it I have it yeah, yeah. JL has it JL has the only two that's Edward, yeah oh, you have one yeah, yeah sorry I, have, I forgot yeah. you had one yeah it's, it's yeah. loaded on my system my bad my bad so, okay. so yeah no uh you just set your connection settings from online to LAN and yeah you can boot it up all right future party. Beers land party night with Halo uh, anniversary. Dude, where we no can latency. Play all those. Yeah, they remove the latency problems. Yes, so I want to do it. Even that. Let's let's take out. Let's take a whole day. 
just play all day. <laughs> that was like fun. I'm gonna take work off. Like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take this. work off for that. I don't care. Um, It'll be hard to get together. So there's some really interesting awesome, stuff man. happening with the One X with all that back compat I mean, happening. Um, I know. Compatible. I know. Um, but and I'm just curious to see <laughs> how everything smooths out because so many of those older games do run at obviously very different specs and bench point or benchmarks so it's just curious to see like they're claiming oh it'll get a small bump which makes sense like you're utilizing better hardware yeah it should mm-hmm. will that fuck the game up a little bit or will it make actually truly make it better because uh, you know you're used to a certain pacing when it comes to a frame you know frames per second if it cleans all that up it might fuck with you a little bit you know what yeah I, mean? like, I was like gonna you say adjusted playing, yourself for the problems and now the yeah. problems are fixed and you're like oh god i can't ah, yeah because th- that's happened before oh it has and so I'm curious to see how that works on this Trying with all these back compats. About that. Fusion Frenzy is a great example. That's a party game that's timing based, reaction based. How is that going to run? Yeah. On Xbox One versus. If, if better? Yeah. I don't know what that actually entails or what that means. What? Yeah. What the f- hell does that mean? That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. It's a. Less frame dips when somebody decides to jump and there's a lot of animation. I don't know. It's It's one of those things where that's the kind of reality that we live in right now is that with developing and everything like that small inputs can change up how you play i mean i'm thinking like john Luke just started replaying injustice uh not injustice uh infamous 2 or second son sorry infamous second son yep. and i remember when that game came out the frame dips when the particles on screen would happen when you do your smoke would just it would plummet it would go from like like a good solid like 30 to like 10 and then spike back up as soon as the part- particles went away it was like that's a good case in point. Like, would that yeah. game, in this context, if we got the next PlayStation and that game came forward, would it actually smooth all that out so that when you did your action, it wouldn't have that frame dip? Or would that be present still? Like, those are the kind of questions I'm starting to have linger in my head. Because cleaning it up is one thing, but then, like... Making it work. Is making it function. Different. Yeah. 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 Yeah, very, very good points. Um, I'm just excited for the possibility of it. And yeah. uh, like we've discussed at length today... There is just so much potential nostalgia and history to be had to yeah. dig into. So I'm uh, excited. And I think about good. it more and more just by my, my final thought on it is during the Xbox era, I was, you know, between like 11 and I guess 14, 15 yeah. when it ran out of its run. Um, there's some titles I got to play. There's some that I got to play long time afterward when I finally was, you know, had money. Halo. Uh, I, th- I think about Tron 2 killer app. Uh, I bought oh, that yeah, yeah. T- uh, in like 2012. Damn. And pulled out my old Xbox. My brother and I purchased <laughs> 50 bucks because our original or version of the Xbox, the capacitors inside had blown out because they had overheated. Right. Yeah. Like that's the level that I'm talking about. Like going back to try and play an old title that I missed out on one time way back in my youth. This might be the right kind of opportunity. Was it worth it? Actually, yeah, that was a really cool. Okay. Like, not great. Don't tell me. Don't get me wrong. It's an original Xbox game. So it clunky. Was, it was rough, clunky as hell, yeah. But. Endearing. Yeah, exactly. So. And uh, that was technically the Tron sequel that everyone was wanting in a way. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a big way, kind of, with uh, the idea of, like, it's a true sequel to Tron. Right. Not, like, this, like, 35-year gap sequel thing that happened, which is still great. Like, I adore Legacy, but. Yeah. That's the two point killer direct. app is like a true sequel yeah. to the original. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's it's crazy. The fun fact fun fact about that. Uh, you remember his business partner uh, played by 
the guy with the weird last name. Yeah. Um, the older no. Dude. Okay. The older the, dude that the older, the dude, older tells, dude that Tron himself is based off. That's yeah. exactly. You play in the game as his son. Oh, that's cool. So it, you can tell where they kind of reference certain things for Legacy with that game. It was kind of cool going into it because it's like this came out, you know, eight years before the movie did, and you can see how they kind of went back into it a few times and kind of pulled and picked. Apart. Which is cool that they did that. Yeah. So um, I don't really have much more to say on the topic. Like I personally enjoy the fact that backwards compat is available it's clearly it spikes sales from time to time like it's not like it's this thing that just sits like the initial report that came out before e3 that like only 25 percent of players were using it is right. uh even spencer said that was kind of a fallacy because he's like the reality is like 80 percent of the envi- of the players that play have used it just 25 percent do it daily <laughs> right <laughs> like that's such a small percentage when you break it down but it's like yeah who's really hopping on every single day unless they're trying to complete one game and they complete it they put it down they don't go back to that back and pack yeah like achievement hunters yeah you only have like like i said like 12 25 percent jumping into black ops 2 every day yeah which whatever those kids those kids probably 35 year olds but yeah i mean yeah (laughs) black ops 2 every day come on you know it's gonna be 35 year olds that that are like everything since this time crap no no what it is is it's those 35 year olds that now that there are new call of duties out they're like finally i can play this game yes yeah not get killed by a 12 year old over and over um yeah that's all i really have to say on the topic like i said we talked about what we want to see that's great yeah um curious uh it'll all shake out in the next few months really because like that's gonna launch is that launching with the x or is that launching uh between now I and it was i, I, I can't well, remember yeah I, yeah I, I can't remember either but i would be surprised if it was like now today you know yeah so i think it'll probably be with the, the xbox 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 yeah um, xbox x because isn't, isn't that fucking funny? Thank you. Fucking hilarious, Phil. Thanks a can lot. We, can you isolate that? <laughs> I, I really want to. <laughs> you need yeah. to do that. <laughs> Go back to the stream after yeah. the fact, download it, and just get that. Yeah. Get all that. Just uh, Anthony should be the face gonna, of Geek Combination a, yeah. as GIFs and memes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that exact face. I'm so animated. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I'm a cartoon. <laughs> kind of are sometimes. It's great. You're so yeah, animated. I like um, to give life. And you do it oh, well. Oh, boy. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, there's not much more to say about it. I don't think there's really any more... Um, cool. Stuff <laughs> with that Sp- Phil Spencer stuff. No, I'm just I think like, we mined the shit out of yeah, all yeah. of the potential we did. Xbox titles um, there. So. Cause I was trying to think about that interview more, but there really wasn't much anything Glitching else. Glitching the system. Um, I really want it. Uh, yeah, just, just just know that the head of Xbox division is just as stoked as you might be about a random Xbox original title and that it will come to fruition yeah, at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So, Which is awesome. As always, you can always find us on Facebook at Geek Domination. That is our page. You can go to our website, which is where we'd love for you guys to visit because it is so well done. At Geek Domination. Geek- it. Dot .net. net for, yeah. Okay. If you didn't, if you didn't, if you didn't catch what that was, yeah. .net. Yeah. 
Um, uh, you can go to our socials, all those places, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. You can go to our YouTube page where Anthony consistently keeps uploading more and more month and movies each month. Yeah. And he's doing a great job with that. Thanks. Yeah. You actually are. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, my show back oh, issue. Keeps- yeah. Sorry. I didn't leave you <laughs> it, was, it was blinders going yeah, on. Right yeah. uh, back issue has been going strong. Uh, this month there is going to be a break. Me and John Luke finally came to that conclusion when we realized yeah. schedules are just not lining up for June. It's yeah. just a rough month for everybody when it comes to scheduling. So, um, on, but Look no forward idea. to next month as we will be reviewing Rebirth, the event that has gone, transpired for the past year, and DC is going to be dropping the header of that. It's still going to just continue. Continuity is going to maintain, but right. yeah. the Rebirth event proper is going to be done finally. So Tight. Um, we're gonna be reviewing kind of like how that's been, and I can tell you as a preview, it's been great. Nice. <laughs> we'll, we will obviously talk about specifics, but um, spoiler alert: it's awesome, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and within that, we'll have some other reviews and some other stuff we'll talk about because shows that we're catching up on, things like that. Uh, I believe Cody's been knocking out some more quest completes. I know the last one he and I did was a great little Destiny retrospective, and mm-hmm. there, with all Destiny news, it keeps filtering out from E3 because. When Luke Smith and uh, Deej got to go around and talk to people during the event, uh, they just kind of let fly a lot of random shit that eventually me and Cody will round up in one kind of final pre-Destiny 2 talk, but that'll be later this summer, so don't expect anything between now and then, whenever that happens. So, But with that, thank you Which, guys for listening. We've come a long way from talking about Destiny every podcast. Yeah. Now it's semi-annual. Yeah. yeah it's like it's twice a year. Put it. Yeah, t- mm. twice a year. Ish. Launch, and then... <laughs> After all the shit comes out, after the launch of a thing, right. we both we go, okay, was that good or bad? Which, I mean, I guess saying now it's semi-annual, like, is it really because... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe, like, more than that. Whatever. Anyway, Destiny's a thing. <laughs> it'll, always be yeah, it, it, it'll be around for the next six years, <laughs> I guess. Decade. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, I will shout out one thing from all that. My favorite thing that came out was when Luke Smith admitted that they didn't know what the darkness was about halfway through development of the expansions for <laughs> Destiny original. <laughs> He's like, we kind of got to a point where we realized we didn't really know what that meant. I'm like, huh, maybe we should. That come was my up favorite favorite That's thing. Awesome. So, uh, again, we love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Love you.